Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, take it easy, Aya. And be sure to keep the safety on. You'd weld the end of every gunshot if you had the chance, Torres. Why the hell are you still here? Ah, uh, you know why, Wayne. To make sure guns don't take a life. Like they did with my... My, my poor daughter. daughter. Yeah, my poor daughter, exactly. Torres, you've been banging that drum for 15 years now. Get help! I am! I attended the Ironic Tragedy Support Group religiously ever since... Ever since poor Daisy. Well, it's not working. What kind of jokers show up to this thing? Oh, there's Willie, the, the fireman whose daughter dislocated her spine when the safety bolt shot off a fire hydrant. Yeesh. And Jack the carpenter, whose daughter Amy fell down the stairs, and Jenny the zookeeper, whose son Basil was assaulted by bears. And Bob the nutritionist, whose daughter... What the hell is that thing? Some kind of rat? Its, it's tail is on fire. The, the whole station's on fire. C- call Willie. Oh, shit. Not Willie. He's still traumatized. Your support group sucks. Watch out for... My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. This is a retro video games podcast. And this week we're talking about Parasite Eve, which is a survival horror RPG developed and published by Squaresoft for the PlayStation 1 in 1998. Mm -hmm. And in this game you play as Aya Bray, a rookie NYPD officer who has to hunt down and kill a being called Eve, who is unleashing monsters and chaos all over New York City. Uh, You explore areas and talk to NPCs just like any other RPG, but the random battles are plausible real-time. Um, you attack with customized guns and parasite energy powers, which uh, you gain as you level up. They're kind of like magic. Yes. Uh, your your MP also uh, um, regenerates, which is kind of a nice little uh, bit there. Uh, yeah. and it, it boosts the, uh, the, the pace of the battle. Um, parasite Eve uh, had a couple of firsts for Square. Uh, it was the first game of theirs to get an M rating for the ESRB. It's gory as hell. There are um, tons of cum shots. <laughs> <laughs> come shots across barbie tits it's really yeah. weird it's, it's yeah. really unnerving yeah. if you beat the chrysler building in an hour you just get 15 minutes of fmv yeah that. day seven is called the gaping um yeah. but but um but um it was also the first game that was developed jointly by uh both japanese and north american studios yeah and th- this game is uh kind of a follow-up to a Japanese novel by the same name, which uh, also has turned into an anime and a manga and a movie, and has two sequels, uh, Parasite Eve 2 and The Third Birthday. 
Yes. You a real awkward title. It is. Um, That's when you get a tricycle. Aya's first bike. I, I don't know anything about the third birthday other than that. Um, I had heard at some point, like, isn't your life meter tied to how much your clothes clothing is torn off <laughs> like, as you play? Like, like Bayonetta? You, yeah. Like I, I think that, I mean, I could be making this up, but I, I thought that in the third birthday, like, the way that you tell how healthy your character is is how clothed they are. Oh, it's like Trespasser where the tattoo on the boob changes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally, Reach someone took back. something, you know, from uh, from, from Trespasser. <laughs> exactly. Um, the, uh, but, I mean, that's a – I think so. I think that's true in the third birthday. I haven't huh. played the third birthday. So. The, the most notable thing I know about it is they couldn't put Parasite Eve on it because their license on the novel had expired. So uh-huh. it doesn't use any characters from the novel. It just has – it has Aya in it. Um, and Aya is not from the novel? No, no. Uh, the novel took place entirely in Japan. Like, like the, these games are a sequel to, to, to the novel. So okay. I, I think maybe Maeda was was in the novel. I'm not sure. I haven't read it, although I kind of want to now. He's um, probably a character who read the novel. <laughs> <laughs> just like this is just like the book I read. Yeah, just like in my Japanese <laughs> animes. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, Parasite Eve two. I played that a little bit last night um, at your uh, at at your request. Actually, so you have the you have a PSP, so you should play the third birthday now. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, <laughs> during if it's a downloadable, the episode, I, I I could. Yeah, it's pre- it's probably like thirty five bucks though. I wouldn't ask you to do that for yeah, science, no. but uh, Parasite oh. it's it's weird. It's got tank controls and uh, it's more action focused a little bit. It, it's basically Resident Evil, but with mitochondria instead of the T virus. Yeah, that, I mean that, that might be cool. Like yeah. I like uh, I like survival horror. Me too. Um, even though, you know, and as we'll get to at length, uh, like the end of this game kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. So it didn't necessarily yeah. leave me thirsty for more. And kind of like a, what, what I really liked about this game were those mechanics, which it sounds like they kind of ditch. Yeah, a little, the second one? little bit. At least a little bit. We will withhold judgment. Yeah, for now. For now. We'll, we'll judge the shit out of this game. Yeah, yeah, So yeah, much wasted potential. Um, yeah. It has a plot. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we start off a little bit with the plot? Cool. <laughs> yeah. So um, Aya Bree, uh, she is on a date at the opera when the cast of the, when the cast and the audience burst into flames. Um, Aya, um, suspiciously unharmed, rushes to confront the apparent culprit, who is an actress uh, on stage named Melissa, who is possessed by a force calling itself Eve, who uh, is apparently the collective will of mitochondria, uh, which you may remember from biology class is the organelle that gives your cells its energy. It converts oxygen into ATP. Yep. And if you you have to really uh, get over... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the hearing the word mitochondria and be able to take it seriously as a threat for this game to make any sense to you. Like this game, you know, starts off with a contract. It's like, look, we're going to say mitochondria a lot, a lot. And if you, if you, if this doesn't sound, you know, if you can't take this seriously, you know, uh, then, then maybe look for another game. All of the threats in this um, game are made with currently existing biology. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so, so after, you know, uh, while you're pursuing Eve, you find out uh, that not only does she set everyone on fire, but she can cause animals to mutate into these kind of monstrosities. And uh, after another encounter, we learn that Aya is similar to Melissa and has parasite powers of her own. Um, Eve's reign of terror follows. She liqu- liquidates an opera audience at C- Central Park. Everyone loves opera yeah. um, at Central Park to get biomass for her to use for her, you know, her evil plots. And the city is evacuated, and the police station is attacked. So that, that's kind of a broad overview of a lot of the game. The the, the uh, um, more particulars here as we get into the end, there are these two scientists who enter the mix, Clamp, or Clomp, as I would like to say, Clompy. Old Clompy. He knows a little bit too much about, uh, about Aya, Melissa, and also Aya's dead little sister, Maya. 
Um, and there's also Maeda, a Japanese scientist uh, who has actually seen this happen before, apparently. He also lives in a, an apartment in Soho uh, with a garbage can fire. So good on him. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing well he's doing okay for himself yeah. um maya um actually turns out to be the source of this mess uh as she donated tissue to both aya and melissa after her death in a car accident and uh this tissue had the eve mitochondria in it for some reason yeah just like snake's hair in uh, that episode <laughs> yeah. of simpsons which is proving to be a very uh handy reference for us it's potent it is yeah um, it comes to light that uh, Clamp was instrumental in bringing Eve out, and he had been working to conceive this ultimate being with her. Um, Eve has fled to the Statue of Liberty to give birth to this being. Aya defeats her, but it's too late. The ultimate being, Fetus, uh, destroys a fleet of tankers, but Aya guns it down with bullets containing her own cells and then blows <laughs> up the by overloading the uh, tanker's engine. Because science. <laughs> because why not? I, I just I love writing these writing these plot synopses because I get to state all this stuff matter of factly. <laughs> <laughs> because why not? Um, in the ending, um, everyone goes to the opera to celebrate, uh, because that's not tempting fate at all. The same show. <laughs> and because everybody loves opera that fucking much. <laughs> everybody. Grizzled New York cops to uh, scientists to New York sophisticates. All getting on the opera train. Every <laughs> Everybody's hitting the opera these days. It is the craze that's sweeping the nation. Um, also sweeping the nation is the mitochondria threat because Aya's <laughs> um, eyes begin to glow along with the eyes of everybody else in the audience. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, leading us to conclude that uh, Eve is alive and well inside of Aya. She's jumped hosts over. And, 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 uh, and everybody. Yes. Because they all have the, the glowing eyes. So Eve, there's a little bit of Eve in us all. Yes. Hmm. Original sin? Hmm. Oh, um, hey. Yeah. And in the uh, in the bonus real ending, Aya confronts Eve as Maya at the top of the Chrysler building. Um, Aya and Maya manage to use their willpower to eradicate Eve's mitochondria from Aya's system, averting further disaster. I can provide a flowchart for that sentence if you would like. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of Aya's, Maya's, and Eve's. Like, there's yeah. a lot of uh, very vowel-heavy lady names going on here. Yeah. And Aya is all vowels. That's crazy. Between yeah. those three names, there's only two consonants. <laughs> That's insane. Hmm. Yeah. So, so and that, that that bonus ending is tough to get. Oh, like yeah. you you go you go an extra mile to get the the real ending of this game. Yeah. Um and it's also not really that great either. There's no cutscene to it. It's really just uh um them talking and you don't even see it. Like the ending is entirely dialogue with yeah. with, with with uh Maya or not I Maya Aya Ugh. um <laughs> standing and like having a struggle within that you can't see. It's yeah, it's really it fascinating visual storytelling. Yes. Somebody having an internal argument with themselves. Yeah, it's kind of a shame though because the the bad ending is actually way cooler. Oh yeah, like the bad ending to this is actually pretty great, and it's a really cool cutscene. You know where everyone's eyes start glowing, and you know I you know me and my downer endings like yeah, yeah, uh, in like water that. for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, so we'll, we'll go through the game, go through the different, uh, split up into days, which is a handy little organizational measure for talking about what happens in the game. Yeah. So we'll, we're going to go through those and talk on the generals as we, uh, as we continue, which, um, as we have kind of hinted at a little bit, like this game does kind of shit the bed near the end, <laughs> but it puts its best foot forward like a, like a real champ. Oh, yeah. Like the beginning of the, the opening of this game is really compelling and awesome. Mm hmm. It's, it's really good. Um, you know, it has this awesome flyover of a CG 
uh, New York. Um, the way New York is presented in this game is actually really cool, um, accepting the inconsistencies um, with, you know, the real New York. Like, you know, the Chrysler Building being shown as taller than the Twin Towers and presenting yeah. Soho as being right next to Central Park. But it really sets the scene well. Yeah, it feels very New York-y. Um, you can kind of tell that this was a collaboration between kind of Japan and the United States yeah. in making it because it does have... It's, you know, extreme contrast would be something like Earthbound, which is this, this fantasy lens version of the United States. And this is definitely an attempt at a more grounded version of real, like, urban life. So when you start out, you go into this opera. Um, I think that, so out of the two kind of things that uh, Eve can do and uh, show her monsterism, the setting people on fire is way cooler than the turning people into goo. Yes. Like, this looks really cool when everyone just starts bursting into flames. And they're trying um, to escape, and the curtains go up and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is this is an excellent scene, and that's really... I mean, I wish that was all it was, was just fire. Instead mm-hmm. of getting into Resident Evil-style, you know, whatever goes. Like, everybody turns into a tyrant <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah. Anything goes. Like, I like this a lot, a lot better. Like, if she could just turn things that are around her on fire, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot stronger. Um, yes. It would be just as credible a threat. If she was, well, what was that Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore movie, Firestarter? Starter? Yeah. Yes, if yes. She was fire if she was the Firestarter, yes. Yes, wicked Firestarter. <clears throat> yes. Um, uh, but yeah. uh, it's 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 pretty cool, and like the the, the initial um, like conversations with her are um, they're vague in a way that's not incredibly frustrating. Yeah. 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 I yeah. actually, I'm, I'm hate to keep going back to that, but just to get this opening <laughs> scene being so striking. The coolest thing about everyone setting on fire and trying to escape is that she's just singing calmly mm-hmm. during the entire thing. So you have this kind of beautiful opera score over this like scene of chaos, mm-hmm. and uh, she's just like not batting an eye. Yeah. Like really cool. Like I know that we you know kind of got past that, but just I was just thinking about that. No, like, no, that's yeah. It's and, really you know it's really chilling and great. And she's not even transformed at this point yet. So no, she's just a lady. Yeah, and that's more unsettling than this crazy clown monster. You know, turning people into goo, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I think so for sure. Yeah. yeah. And and the and the arc of her transformations and her behavior, like it it, it, it it's really weird. Like the way that it follows and the way that like it, it's it's its level of engagement as she gets more and more freakish, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean they could have been a lot stronger if there could have been a little bit more of the human mm-hmm. left in her, you know, and there's a little bit more of uh you know, Melissa. Yeah. Her. She more or less turns into a you know, a mustache twirling villain. Yeah. And and like you 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 really only learn about Meli- like all of Melissa's development takes place like in the diary that you read in her dressing room and then yeah. like a little bit later on when you find out that Clamp's been feeding her uh, immune suppressants. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is pretty you know pretty interesting. Like the idea of her continuously taking this drug and more and more mm-hmm. of this drug to try to fight back this rejection mm-hmm. of this transplant she's had is a really compelling idea. Like yeah. transplant rejection is a really like sci-fi idea that happens in real life. Yeah, you know the idea that your body will attack parts of it, mm-hmm. you know that are that are external and stuff. That's pretty neat. There's that rare disease you can have where your body just does that to itself. To itself, yeah, yeah. yeah that's really terrifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> the enemy within, Gary. The enemy yep. within. Yeah. That yeah. kills my body horror anxieties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, are, are are we comfortable moving on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like the sequence underneath the, uh, the the opera house too, as well. Like the seeing the burned up husks of all the other people, like the staff and the actors and, and things like that. That's really unsettling at this point. Yeah, because you're because you're anytime you're coming upon a disaster after it's too late to mm-hmm. fix it is yeah. is really you know really cool narratively, and uh, you know it, it's it's 
at this point, it's a genuine mystery as to what's going on. Right. Like, I don't even think anyone said mitochondria yet. She you may know? have so, when you first talk to her, like saying, you she know. She says it a lot. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> it's a replacement for um and er. Yeah. <laughs> Editing note. Every um and er and like in this, just replace it with mitochondria. Let's do, oh, a, okay. let, let, let's do one each here. Mitochondria. I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> it would take, take years. I know. It would be like, a, like a, some kind of uh, – it be like one of those Flaming Lips, you know, 20-year-old song kind of things. Like, That's the joke, Gary. podcast would come Gary. out in 2020 because um, <laughs> we say um and ah a lot. Specifically me. Like I, I say that all the time. Yeah, I just I, – I just... Talk to it to the end of a to the end of a doorless hallway. So, <laughs> but um, but yeah, this uh, the, this whole area, uh, especially the parrot. I don't know. Yeah. Heard, well, what's the parrot say? It's something. It's something really crazy, like help me or something like that. Yeah. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. You, the people who are dying. It's repeating that everybody. It's like, repeating oh, what yeah. they said. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome moment. Um, you know, reading the diary. This is a really strong part of the game. Um, you yeah. Know, it was real neat. You can do your first fights here. So, um, you know, it'd be a good, good point to talk about those a little yes, bit. Yes, yes. Um, because the battle system in this game is really great. It's fantastic. Like, I've never seen it done, mm-hmm. you know, anything quite like this. You're, you're, uh, you're by yourself. You don't have a party to manage. So all of your, like, resource management is really simplified. Mm-hmm. And, and that has some problems. Like, that can be difficult in any RPG where you just have one person. Because mm-hmm. then you run into the, someone's doing enough damage to you to equal the amount you can heal yourself. Yeah. And uh, you can just kind of be fucked in that circumstance. But this game ameliorates that in uh, two ways. One, uh, later on, a real frequent power-up you can get or gun attribute you can get is two actions, which essentially lets you heal and shoot. And the other thing being that you're moving around. Like, you can dodge attacks. Like, if someone attacks you, it is not a four... In most cases, not a foregone conclusion that you'll get hit. Right. So it's this really interesting mix of, like, an action RPG and and a a regular kind of RPG. A little bit similar to um, Star Ocean, you know, I never but, played that, but I, I always hear people refer to it in kind tones. It, I, I played the second one, um, and I remember liking it a lot. Uh, but they've got they've kind of gotten a bad reputation as time has gone on. Yeah, um, a little bit. I tried to play the first one because uh, they made a, a remake on uh, PSP, right? And uh, you know, did not get very far in it because of JRPG. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> uh, but they, yeah, they do kind of these similar things. But the cool thing about this is that when you shoot, it becomes kind of like bats. Yeah, yeah. Like uh you you know your range is, is represented as this very stylish grid and mm-hmm. uh you know you get to make aim call your shots and then they play out in real time after you decide to execute. Yeah, yeah. And and your range is actually it's it's not too too terribly realistic because inside and outside there's a huge difference. But if you're out of range from somebody and you don't feel comfortable getting up there, you can actually take pot shots. It just yeah. has a higher chance to miss and it does less damage. But, so, uh, so range ends up becoming a really important part of your your considerations when yeah. you're building, essentially building your character, mm-hmm. and really just kind of building your equipment um, through the game. Um, you yeah. know, whether you want to, I ended up going for very high range for almost all of the game, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that served me really well. But you can do. I remember when I was younger and played this. Um, just as me and Cole both played this to completion when we were younger, um, we're revisiting this now. Um, spending more time with like the clubs. And like getting, you know, building kind of a good club, and that's like a, a melee weapon, which you know is is really interesting because some of the bosses, like similar to Dark Souls, like you want to get up all up on them to avoid yeah. their attacks because all of like every every enemy's attack, if it's not just a straight up like I'm going to hit you, has a pattern to it, and yes. like the and different areas of the screen become not safe. So your position in relation to the enemy that's going is actually really really important, as is kind of the shape of the arena as well. 
Right, right. And all those things can work against you. So sometimes, you know, an enemy can have a fairly easy to predict pattern to avoid their attack, but the shape of the room conspires against you and you can't, you know, you have limited real estate to right. to get safety. Or you're fighting enemies with multiple overlapping patterns mm-hmm. in their attack. The rhythm in which they attack is a little bit unpredictable. Um, I mean, altogether, it's really neat. Yeah. Like, I mean, I just, somebody take this and run with it because it's, <laughs> it's really cool and I've never seen seen it before or again, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, the, the the closest that I've seen is, has been something uh, which came before this was um, Lunar, yeah. where, where, you, where your position in relation to enemies really mattered and all of the spell effects had uh, had different areas of effect or different patterns. So you had to line, like, line enemies up to, in order to do like slash attacks and things like that's the closest that I've seen. But that's way more intricate than this. I like the simplicity here. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's also just very stylish, that, like grid. Um, looks really good, yeah. you know, despite the fact that this is being like Dorito fighting graphics. <laughs> Dorito, um, yeah, like you know, like PlayStation One era, you know, real, uh, real ugly, ugly character models outside of CG yeah. for the most part. Um, from what I understand, the comment in this is actually pretty similar to Vagrant Story. Um, I've heard that before too, and and I played Vagrant Story. I don't remember it very well. Mm-hmm. I just remember when I was younger, um, it uh, offending the part of me that wants to settle. <laughs> you know, in a game, like, I want to find the weapon that I like and then use it. Yeah. And Vagrant Story is all about weapon attributes and defense attributes. And, like, you know, you need to have a slashing, a piercing, a hammer, a fire, and a lightning, a holy. Like, you need to have a huge toolbox and then match those. So it kind of becomes this very, like, elaborate version of rock, paper, scissors. Right. Except it's, like, rock, paper, scissors, screwdriver, drill, scissors, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, like, I just can continues like that so the uh uh, i remember not liking that as a youth even though it's got a fantastic pedigree it's the same guy as final fantasy tactics yeah yeah the the owning a sony system at this point anything that has access to the psn is really dangerous because of how many of these um playstation one gems you have ready access to for six (laughs) dollars yeah someday i'll play through vagrant story again i've heard that that's real good yeah another shot yeah another um kind of remarkable thing about this is the cg um which yeah. is which is really good like the rat transformation is genuinely unsettling as like yeah. it outgrows its skin and things it's very yeah. similar to the dog and uh the thing yeah yeah John Carpenter's the thing mm-hmm. and, and and the cg in this g- generally is really good like you know this is something that i that i said to you offhandedly but this this whole game you know from the in-game like in-engine stuff to the to the cg is really like a testing ground for some of the stuff they did in final fantasy 8 it seems to me like the characters have similar proportions it's a similar mix of uh you know pre-rendered stuff and uh and uh, in engine, you know, polygons and then the the crazy over the top uh cg cutscenes. this is yeah. that on a smaller scale that makes mind. sense to me. Makes me now makes sense to me now. When you first said that, I was trying to think of gameplay ways, right? You were right. referring to it, but visually, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and you know, it, it all looks like essentially, you know, it all looks pretty decent. Um, the out of cutscene stuff looks a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, one of the most annoying things is your run animation, which like <laughs> betrays how slow you move. Mm-hmm. Like you, you really need to move about thirty percent faster. Yeah. When you're outside of battle in this game to be to be tolerable. And there are some um, areas where that just get that that's really exacerbated. Like here it's not so bad. The police station, not so bad. Central Park and the sewers and all these kind of areas, not so much. The sewer, yeah, the sewers are really rough. Yeah. And anytime you're you're walking up or down, 
you look like you're taking super tiny steps and you are taking super, super tiny steps at a run. It's really, really awkward and weird. And if it was a matter of them trying to get parity, like, okay, we balance the mood, the run speed from, uh, you know, for combat and that speed has to be consistent in navigation. Don't do that. Like make me, make me move faster. You know, all all kinds of games switch to roles when you, when you're in combat. Yeah. You know, like you, you have a set thing outside of combat and then when Mm -hmm. you get into combat, you're you're now based on your stats. Notably, uh, uh, Shadowrun on Genesis, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's um, like that's not unheard of. No. Um, yeah, so do it. <laughs> just just do that. Like 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 it, don't hold yourself to one thing. Do whatever's going to be best for that situation. Right. Yeah. Right. And I really wanted to walk a lot faster in this game, especially a little later when you get to uh, some of the more maze like areas in the game. Yeah. Um, but for here, it's all good. It's all pretty simple. There are a lot of locked doors and keys you're getting. Like you're going back and forth a whole lot yeah. in this area to kind of explore the whole thing. But eventually, you come upon Eve, and uh, just she's very much like a Bond villain. Like she needs to be sitting there <laughs> doing something casually when you come up upon her. Um, so she's sitting at a at a piano um, when you come in, and uh, that's really cool because she she does her transformation and uh, kind of destroys the piano. Yeah, yeah. She grows her big claws that she has from the majority of the game, and then just crushes it. Yeah, I like it when people slam down on a piano uh, really hard and smash it in uh, in media. It looks really neat. I'm sure there's a there, there's an IMDb tag for that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but um, but uh, this is a pretty cool boss fight too because like if the if the crazy spread gun effect on the rats fireballs didn't tell you that this will like your position matters because yeah. Eve shoots energy energy balls in a, in parallel lines at you. And if you can um, keep yourself um, in between them, you're safe. So it actually helps you to actually run toward her um, yeah. in order to make that radius smaller. Mm-hmm. And at this point, your your tool set is really limited. Like you don't have very much in the way of powers, so you're just you know taking shots when they're available. But uh, the the combat will get a little bit nuanced on the offensive very yeah. shortly. <clears throat> Does it though? Because like you only get like one strictly. Um, or you get, I guess, I guess you get to, uh, offensive powers. Most of the powers are, are, uh, either support or healing. When I say offense, I guess I mean in relation to what you're doing other than dodging. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah. And I guess that, you know, a lot of that stuff's optional, you know, depending on how much you're going to use things like slow and confuse and yeah. stuff like that. But I definitely, each time one came up because of that regenerating, uh, mono system, which is pretty, mm-hmm. pretty kind of the game. You know, I was able to do a lot of experimenting with new stuff as I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they definitely could have been like you have to take immune suppressants to Im- increase your PE. And like uh, no. I see, I would have liked both. I would have liked to have it automatically regenerate in battle and be able to take something like have an ether for after battle. Oh, because yeah. if you use it up at the end of the battle, then you're starting the next battle with none. Right. And uh, that you know, or or begin every battle with full. Yeah, that's true. Full energy that would have also been acceptable mm-hmm. to me. But uh, after you defeat even the. Um, in the rehearsal room, you never defeat her until the very end. She just decides she's done with you like yeah. a cat. <laughs> yeah. You follow her down into the sewers, which remarkably not too terribly annoying at this stage. The sewers later can go to hell. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there, there are multiple sewer levels in this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the, like the worst thing about this one, it highlights how hard it is to find hotspots um, when the background is so dark. So like there are some chests here that you won't get until you, until you just like press a randomly. And then there are like, uh, 
you know, hotspots on the wall that you have to hit to move forward that are not apparent. Um, this is something that Resident Evil did really well, I think, um, calling out these things that you can interact with in a pre-rendered environment uh, just by color and also by the fact that they were polygonal and it was kind of I, zoomed in. Good. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll go as far as to say, like, the, the, for the most part, the the bland color palette of this game kind of gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of things. Like, it's, it's very dark and murky. Um, with the finding items, like, sometimes if the item is not in a chest, it will have a little sparkle on it. And the other thing is if you get into a battle and there's a chest in the room, the chest will glow for a moment. Oh. But that's not something you can consistently find. But the, the battle will darken before it lights up to you know, go into battle mode. Yes. And uh, the chest will stand out like a sore thumb. And, and and here's one thing, you know, when you talk about getting into a battle, this is something that kind of annoys me about the game. Um, mm-hmm. The battles are very much in the uh, or the randomness of the battles is very much in the chrono trigger sense where they're not mm-hmm. random. They're triggered by walking over a certain tile or area. So if you backtrack and since this is a Res- not Resident Evil, since this is, is a survival horror game, you're going to be backtracking mm-hmm. a lot. You will always get in a fight at that same point every single time. So that's, that's not actually true. Like it's something like it, it, you have a chance. It's it's a die roll. Oh. So I mean, it's possible you have bad luck, but yeah. it's a die roll where if you get into a fight, then it resets the counter. But it's every time you go past a certain point, there's an increased percentage chance yeah. you'll get a, a random encounter. It could be blue car syndrome, just where it happened enough times for me to think it happened all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's still it's still the the numbers could still be faulty. Yeah, you know, like it could be needs to be more generous in in terms of. But, I mean, if I say that, like, I definitely, you know, and this is a spoiler for the end of the podcast, but got <laughs> to the end of it and found myself not really strong enough to fight the final boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe if I had spent, you know, and I didn't do any grinding. So maybe that was if, you know, having those additional encounters is going to help you level up more and uh, and be a little bit stronger for the end. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so, yeah, I was both lucky and unlucky at the same, t- same time. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Story of your life. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but anyway, at the end of this, you fight predictably a crocodile. Yeah, um, <laughs> I suppose this came out, this this came out in the, the same year as uh, Resident Evil Two. Um, but Resident Evil Two was in early early in the year. Hmm. It's a zeitgeist. Put crocodiles in the in the, in the sewers. Why not? And also, yeah. since it's square, it's two target, which is annoying. Yeah. It's annoying at this point because you don't have any burst weapons. Right, and um, you don't get them until pretty late in the game. No, no. Um, unless I was missing something because I didn't, I didn't get one until the museum. I don't think. Yeah, I um, think the, the shotguns come in pretty late, and that that is definitely one that you want to use a tool to bring over to your uh, to your preferred yeah. weapon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you beat this crocodile, which I don't remember too much about the crocodile, other than that he's not he's not too bad. He's got the two targets, but you can concentrate on on the one. You know, yeah. you don't have to take out his utility first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is when you get the rifle that I end up using for most of the game. I think he drops the the long range weapon that I end up dragging most things onto. That's cool. Yeah, most of the bosses in this game are kind of bland. If they're not terrible, they're unremarkable. Um, yeah, and they're visually interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and, and even though they're mostly just like giant version of X. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, he's not he's not too bad. There's a couple of them that kind of stand out for me, but not that many. Yeah, 
So after you beat the crocodile, you come up and there are reporters, you know, coming in to, uh, to, you know, to figure out what happened in this place. Everybody burned alive. People are saying, oh, it's spontaneous combustion, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And this is where you meet your partner, Barrett. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, Daniel. I, I mean, Bunk. I mean, uh, 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 I mean Daniel. <laughs> yes. I mean, big black angry cop with a mustache. <laughs> um, the, uh, for some, something uh, is a digression. Um, have you played Hotline Miami yet? Um, I'm about a third of the way through it. And Hotline Miami, have you run into the black people yet? No, no, I have not. Black people require like shotgun blasts to kill. Like regular bullets, like black people take more bullets than white people. Oh, they're on PCP. In Miami. Yeah, it's, it's like, I mean, clearly it's, I was really surprised by that. Like, I mean, they're fatter too. Jeez. So like, you know, per- perpetrating the, the stereotype of my people that we take more bullets to kill. But the, the, uh, I was just really surprised. Like, oh, there's a big black dude. And every time there's a big black dude, I need to get a shotgun. Um, to take him out. God. Video games. Video games. <laughs> Oh, man. So, so the, presumably this guy would take a couple bullets to take down. And he is pretty hardy. Yeah. Well, as, as the so, will show. some of the stuff that yeah, happens to him because, again, because video games. I don't yeah, know. Because of because video games. Because, because of video games. But uh, <laughs> I was being questioned. Daniel introduces himself by knocking a motherfucker out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like Daniel. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's, 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 a, he's a good character. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's very supportive. Yeah, he's a... He's one of he one was, of the good uh one of the early good father figures in a in a game, you know. Yeah, yeah, and he's less annoying than uh, Maeda, out of people yes. who are who are going to be around. Like Maeda's really annoying, and <laughs> I, I hate him and I want to strangle him. Although, although one one of Maeda's quirks is one of my favorite things about this game, but we will get to that when we get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> out of the two, I've, I'm on Team Daniel. I'm on Team Bong, so. and, and I will be on Team Maeda. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Fight. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's. Which one? Which one's the hunkiest? <laughs> uh, the, like eighty pound Japanese scientist, or like the three hundred and fifty pound angry black cop? Why not? Like which one's gonna go on the the, the Tiger Beat calendar? I'm uncomfortable. We're treating different races like Pokemon. <laughs> so, 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 sorry, I need to regain my composure after that. So you move, you move on to day two. The uh, the you know the entire city is kind of like oh what happened? It's a little weird. Uh, you're at the police station. You get to meet your quirky crew of uh, of, of supporters here. Mm-hmm. You know uh, the police chief who you know <laughs> went to he's, academy he's with Daniel and he he's, yeah, he's he's by the books. He's the angry he's captain. Tough, but he has a heart of gold. <laughs> you're um, you're a loose um, cannon, Daniel, punching yeah, out reporters left and right. Yeah, he's 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 pretty generic. He's also you, too you, old for this shit. Um, he, he's too old for this shit, and he's probably only got a couple of days left till retirement. <laughs> um, retirey, yes. Yeah, <laughs> he probably suffers from retirey. <laughs> but you, you run into uh, uh, the two two supporting characters are working like kind of the the quartermasters for the police station, uh, Torres, and then is it Ed Wayne Wayne? Um, the two guys, uh, Torres, who 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 runs the quarter, uh, they're the the armory. Who hates guns, and Wayne, who is his assistant, who loves them. Yes, and they're the original odd couple. And they, <laughs> they, uh, they, Cl- like Klugman them... is gold. Klugman is dynamite. <laughs> Klugman is Klugman. God rest you, Klugman. Uh, we salute. <laughs> they, uh, Torres gives every opportunity to to kind of lecture you in a really annoying way. That everybody in this game, one of the things that's a new, you know, you have this as a note, but like everybody takes this threat really seriously. 
yeah. which is kind of refreshing. Like, this is the first time <laughs> in a video game where something like this happens and a city gets evacuated. Yeah. Like, right away. <laughs> like, nobody nobody doubts you. Nobody, you know, it's kind of neat. Like, that happens yeah. really quick. But if Tor- if everybody believes you, then Torres needs to shut the fuck up. Exactly. Because, like, don't, I mean, what, are, what am I not supposed, what am I supposed to do without guns? Like, I, I'm fighting monsters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, shut up. Don't, like, don't put rules on when I can upgrade my guns. Give me the best thing you got. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, if you have, like, bazookas and shit back there, like, I am trying to save the city, you mouth-breathing moron. Like, yeah. And the reason why I call him a mouth-breather is the way that if you give him a gun to alter, the way he carries it back to his desk. Mm-hmm. It looks like somebody carrying, like a very heavy, like a like a cinder block with both hands hanging directly in front of them, and kind of, <laughs> he kind of waddles back to the desk. That's funny. It's real goofy. Like I can carry a gun. A gun's not that heavy. Um, <laughs> most of yeah, most of them are made made of plastic these days. Yeah, yeah, they're they're light and easy to handle for kids. And, like he's he's you know. He, I don't know. This this character's really fucking obnoxious. Yeah. Well, he, he's he's got the most tramp backstory in existence. His daughter his daughter died to guns. Also, the half elf. He doesn't feel like he belongs. Yeah. Um, the the <laughs> he's like uh, Jane Lynch from Wreck It Ralph. Like, he's just got that like super tragic backstory. For yeah. Him. Except Jane Lynch from Wreck It Ralph was awesome. Yeah. Um, exactly. Except that was hilarious. So yeah. This is yeah. Um, this might be a good time to talk about that gun mechanic since this is the first time you can really start. Yeah. I forget if I said it on the air, uh, but I feel the need to rescind. Um, you did time, say it on the air. <laughs> time, <laughs> time makes fools of us all. Um, <laughs> at one I point I said, at, at one point I said that the gun upgrading mechanic in this game was comparable, if not better than the, uh, the, uh, um, the job system in Final Fantasy Tactics. Yep. I was 12 when I played this game. Um, yep. <laughs> or 11 i forget which um that's not the case so i would like to i would like to play the age card here yeah um, this is this is going on that list of things like this and that all, all of your sonic proclivities <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> you know i want to do a sonic game i want to see i want to see if they, if they if they end up being as bad as you say me too like i haven't yeah. played a sonic game since like i was like 14 yeah so i just you know um yeah, I would, I would, I would be fine. I mean, yeah. they're pretty short. Like, it might be a good thing to do for like a lost episode or something. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not. I don't know if they would support a whole episode, but like, I, I could revisit a Sonic. Mm-hmm. They're not like Grim Death Marches to play or anything. No, no. Um, you know, mm. they're fun. But yeah, I mean, uh, but of my of my multitudinous bad opinions, um, this is one <laughs> I will I, I will come out and say. But still, that that said, it's pretty neat. Um, oh, it's totally neat. Like, yeah, yeah it's 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 totally neat. It's just you know <laughs> the, everything in moderation. Yeah, um, exactly. So the, the way it works is that guns have a certain number of like upgrade slots mm-hmm. and uh, guns have different properties and using a tool, you can transfer properties from one gun to another, but it destroys the gun that you're, you're taking the property from. Mm-hmm. And then uh, using a super tool, you can take a property while uh, maintaining the original gun. And then you can use a weapons permit to add slots. To yes. the gun. So those are, those are essentially, those are your, your verbs that you have. Mm-hmm. And then guns have different properties such as uh, bonuses to damage and range. And then strangely, um, what is the third thing that guns have? I have no idea because I never upgraded it consciously or I never, I never considered that when I was going in. Okay. I think it's the, like, the, oh, it's, it's the number of, number of clip, uh, yes. yep. uh, bullets. Yeah. Bullets in a clip. Bullets yeah. in a clip. Um, and then they also have special effects. So you have things like, um, allowing you to shoot twice in a round. You have, or, you know, multiple times in a round. You have, uh, you know, spread shot. You have different status effects, things like that. Yeah. And it's real neat. Mm-hmm. You can make a shotgun that shoots, you know, nine uh, ice bullets nine times in, in, yeah. in a row. 
yeah, it's a, it, it's, it's really cool. And, and there's, you know, I, I, I want to say that there's like an optimal, uh, upgrade path and that's where it really differs from other kind of like character upgrade things. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, you, you can focus on different things at different times, but there is an ideal weapon that fires really strong stuff a bunch of times, um, and has good range. You know, the well, one thing I, I would say, um, is that, uh, I, I always put all of my, and then you also find just straight up bonuses as an yeah. item. So in a chest, you find like plus two offense, plus two bullets. Yeah. I always put that onto my main gun. And then that would, if I switched to another gun, that was the thing that came over mm-hmm. because at that point it was like plus 20, plus 15, <clears throat> plus 15. It was really too big of a bonus to, to yeah. leave behind. The gun upgrade mechanic is actually really important for the Chrysler building because you find trading cards, which Wayne uses instead of, uh, instead of weapons permits to add, uh, to add slots. So in order to succeed at that, you, you need to constantly be upgrading your weapon and so yeah. it's not a huge deal for the for the for the main game playthrough it like helps out but it's really really necessary there yeah and the other thing that maybe is not intuitive is uh when you there's a big difference between being able to do two actions in a round and then being able to shoot more than one shot yes. in, a, in a round and one of the things that you may not realize is that if you find something that's like this shoots seven times you might be thinking great you know i want to shoot seven i'll get seven times as much firepower uh, that is not the case. No. Nope. So the, um, that optimizes out at about three. Um, when you're shooting seven times, you have a huge damage reduction on each shot. You have to consider the fact that you have to stand still to shoot. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a huge thing. So like you know, if you even if you put your thing to two shots, you have the advantage of doing a little bit more damage and being able to split up your damage. Mm-hmm. But you have to stay still during that time. So it becomes this really interesting tactical cost benefit. Yeah. You know, kind of thing to choosing this path. Yeah, and, and 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 that calculus really depends on you know the whether that weapon leans towards accuracy or damage. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. So very neat. Though. Yeah. And like you can, I, I you, like it a lot. You can upgrade your armor too, and different different armors have different special abilities. Um, aside from just how much damage reduction or uh, status mm-hmm. uh, benefit it gets you, some give you more more uh, item slots, which is actually a really big deal because being a survival horror game, your inventory is limited, and yes. uh, um, you know different elemental uh, resistances, which aren't which aren't a huge deal. And no. all, all all of these weapons and your uh, your active time meter can be upgraded with bonus points, which are like extra experience points that you get at the end of every uh, battle essentially essentially level so you can give your give your one of your items a minor stat boost or you can give yourself uh an extra item slot or a faster you know recharge on your your atb yeah i always chose atb yeah like like and that's the that's the smart move because you can always manage your inventory better you know yes but that is you know a seemingly fixed constant and in most other cases so Always going to go for that permanent upgrade. And your inventory yes. isn't that limited. Like when we say it's like survival horror, it's not like Resident Evil where you have eight slots. No. And you start out with a good like 20, yeah. I want to say. So um, you start out with quite a few. Yeah. And if you can get it up to 30 or 40, you're fine. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. But uh, so we're, we're still on day two. <laughs> yeah. We did a lot of generals. This always happens. That's fine. No, I just, I always like calling attention to it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. classic watch out for fireballs. Oh, boy. <laughs> but uh yeah that, that that whole bit about everybody believing aya is 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 funny because during during this press conference like the you know baker kenneth baker that's the arms tech president oh hey hey what? My experience. <laughs> i just realized that um yeah. but uh um you know he's up there trying to say oh it's an unspecified phenomenon it might be terrorism who knows who knows and then i comes out and says mitochondria fools and they were just yeah. like oh no and everyone's like oh shit <laughs> 
<laughs> like he's he's kind of doing the right thing. Like he's trying to prevent you know a panic. <laughs> yeah. And and you're and you're just like you know I have to tell the truth. Like I I think I is kind of an annoying character. Like I her doing that. Like she's kind of like we we spent a little bit of time talking about her as like a good example of uh you know a strong female character. <laughs> she's kind of like simple though. I would you call know? her bland and direct. She's not, she like there, there, there's no subtlety to her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's what I mean by, by simple. Like she's yeah. not a very nuanced character. <laughs> you don't mean like a, like a Stephen King protagonist. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't, I don't mean like sling blade. That's a bad joke. I apologize for that. That's, that's fine. No, it's fine. Um, I was apologizing to the listeners. Okay. No, I'm usually I'm usually hypersensitive, so yeah, <laughs> I can the, be a good barometer. No, it wasn't bad. I don't feel bad about it being uh, offensive. I just thought it was a bad Billy Bob Thornton impersonation. Oh, okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, I don't mind making fun of the sling blade guy. Like, I'll take care of, take that guy to town. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't mean simple like that. I just mean like a, not a very nuanced character. Like, what what is she? She's she's you know good but forthright. Like she's one of those JRPG protagonists. Like, right. Truthful but honest. Like there's no there's no depth. Here. Yeah, and that's pretty frustrating. Like the writing in this game in general is pretty weak. Like some of the high concept stuff is pretty good, but most of the dialogue and individual story beats were pretty annoying to me. Like there's some great set pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some really cool things that happen, but I would have liked to have seen them in the hands of a better writer. Yeah, yeah, video games. Um, yeah, I mean I know it's it's it is video games, but no. there are good examples of writing in video games. No, there are. Yeah. And uh, we've done several of them on this show, and mm-hmm. better ones from Square of this vintage. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. So, I guess I guess I was trying to say the vintage too. So hmm. yeah, but even mm. then, like you know, thirty-two bit RPGs had some good writing in them. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, again, I always I always look to look to the translation. Like like the emphasis yeah. in this game is really weird. Like the translation though, this was made. This is like the first one that was a, a joint between the United States and Japan. Shouldn't the translation be less of an issue? True. Okay. In this game, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know for sure the details of how it was translated, but like, it seems like this game has even less of an excuse. Yeah. That, that most games, it's based on a, it's based on a book. Mm-hmm. Like, it's based, it's you know, it's it's a joint collaboration between Japanese and American developers. Like, there's just really no reason for it to be this aggressively like clunky and stilted and and everything in the the in the dialogue and the the individual kind of character character bits. Yeah. You know, and that's that's frustrating to me because it's like I there's so much of it that wants me to go along with the ride. Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, have this. I, I came to this conclusion um, late when I was thinking about this game, but it's basically if Ghostbusters is made in Japan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's pro- that's probably pretty 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 apt. Yeah, just uh, you know, like the the the, all, the, the earnestness of it. Um, you know, the fact that everybody believes, you know, that it's, uh, you know, that, that, that they're willing to evacuate the city. I, I could just see this going the other way, you know, like, oh, they ignored us until it was too late kind of thing. Right. But, yeah. Right. And maybe, maybe that, that, you know, reflects a specific sensibility, you know, yeah. that I'm, I'm being blind to or, or not appreciating, yeah. you know, and, and makes it kind of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking with, of, with, with my insight into the Japanese culture, <laughs> so, yeah, noted, noted otaku off. <laughs> um, <laughs> A taco. I'm gonna start calling you a taco convention. Um, a taco convention. A ta- <laughs> I would go to a. I would go to a taco convention. Have some slam and cilantro sliders for you at the taco convention. Taco um, con. Um, so speaking, I start calling you taco con. Somebody draw that. Um, 
The, um, so, so speaking of stilted and terrible dialogue, we have Dr. Clamp in this chapter as we introduced <laughs> to this, this villain. I gave him a German accent because his name was Clamp and he's an evil doctor. Yeah. What he do you think about that? He doesn't look very German, though. No. No. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah, but I was just, it seemed to make sense to me to be a, a terrible Nazi doctor <laughs> for, for well, some reason. He, he's obviously Hojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. Like, he's very Hojo. <laughs> he's, um, yeah, he's he's spectacularly Hojo. And he's also the source of all of the um, pseudoscience and bad exposition in the game. Yeah. And yeah. he gives you a lot of it here. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the good, nice things about this museum is they have a, I don't, can't remember if you see it here or you see it later, but they have a Chocobo exhibit. Do they? There's a nice little, yeah, that's a nice little Easter egg. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, well, it's so yeah. big and labyrinthine that I can't, I can be forgiven yeah. for not seeing it. I think it. you see it on the, on the map screen when you zoom in. There's mm. like a, a banner or something like that. Um, but it's not very visible. But yeah. there is a, a Chocobo exhibit. Yeah. It, it, it is the Museum of Natural History. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the kind of, so you just kind of get that exposition there and learn about mitochondria and his, you know, his, you know, treaties is just that mitochondria rules the cells because it creates energy and we are kind of a parasite upon them. Like they, they are running the show Yeah, and we are, we are but slaves to their <laughs> mitochondrial will. And it has just enough like real, it's, it's kind of like Metal Gear Solid where it has just enough like science to be really, really infuriating when they bend it and break it. Yeah, this is, this is a good game to climax like bad science season. I yeah. watch out for fireballs. Like this is some bad science. Yeah, um, you know, um, but kind of the primary dungeon of uh, of this game is Central Park. Yes, and this is where they have the uh, the opera performance where everyone melts. Mm-hmm. Correct, and that's a cool scene. Yes, like again, people keep going to operas no matter what, <laughs> and, and it's like never if the, the, the mitochondria win. <laughs> all right, don't let the mitochondria win. Exactly. And if, if, if you stop going to operas and doing all the things you love, then the mitochondria win. Uh, so everyone goes to, to this opera where, you know, the, the singer comes out and sings and uh, melts everyone into a slime that, again, uh, we're calling Ghostbusters, is not unlike the Ghostbusters 2 slime. Yes. And, um, and and I think that's neat. Like, like it's a it's a nod towards, like, God, I'm going to say this realism, but it's it's cool because like later on, this becomes the biomass that Eve uses to like creep around and animate things. Yeah. Yeah. So she's not just like generating cells and life out of nowhere. She just like goes and harvests this utility goo in order to right. like do everything she does later. Which I, I can get behind. I think visually it's a lot less arresting than the fire. <clears throat> yeah. Well, being set on fire. And this has one of my favorite moments in it is the idea of, the, of her having a finite range like there's a cop that attempts to go into Central Park. Uh, it's it's actually Daniel because he finds out his family is going to this opera yeah. thing. Because again, everyone loves opera, no matter what walk of life. You know, kids, his kids all excited to go to the opera. Everybody wants opera. Everybody's um, buying he, a night at the opera by Queen. Yeah, exactly. Every yeah, everyone's watching the uh, Marx Brothers film. Um, like everybody is just opera, opera, opera. Um, everybody. But then, people are composing hip operas up in Harlem. It's crazy. Opera yeah. in, in hip Harlem. Um, <laughs> But Daniel starts to go into the Central Park and his arm catches on fire. Yeah. And he pulls his arm out. And the idea of there being this, like, invisible radius in which this terrible thing is happening if you get close enough to it is really neat. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that visually.
So you go into Central Park, which is a neat dungeon, um, except it's, it's awesome. way too big. Well, you run into your ghost sister. Oh, yeah. Leads you through it. You're getting it's flashes time. of this operating room, you know, uh, in the hospital in New York City. And, you know, she is kind of acting like the, uh, like, uh, what's what's her name, Cheryl, in, uh, in, in Silent Hill, like, as yeah. a ghost guiding you into these areas. Yep. And I made the mistake of, because uh, I wanted to not miss treasure, so I stopped following her and mm-hmm. got turned around several times. Yeah. Because we're being just like, you know, a park where people would walk around. This is very maze-like. Yeah. Lots of dead ends, and you can't walk over snow. You can only walk <laughs> on paths. Well, as somebody who lived in New York, that's actually pretty maze-like. They made it, it intentionally is. so you could get lost in it and feel... Some... <laughs> is, that, is that true? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> could you walk on the grass? Um, yes, you could. You can climb on the rocks, too. It's pretty neat. Well, you couldn't do that in the game. Ah, damn it. <laughs> they broke the yeah. realism. Yeah. Yep. There, there, there are areas of Central Park that are like designed to be like winding and things like that that that, oh. that are maze like, and that's where you spend a lot of your time here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, I, I get it that it's it's you know supposed to be like the uh, like the real park, yeah. um, but it's it's maze like. It's not a great dungeon. No, you know, it's not. There's a weird little bonus like weapon you can get where you have to collect 300 pieces of junk, but- which just shits up your inventory. <laughs> And if you get 300 of them, you can get a powerful weapon from uh, Wayne, the gun maniac. And uh, this is where you farm for that if you want to. Because there are birds that carry junk. Oh, yeah. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, like actual ravens do. Huh. Yeah. But uh, um, the boss of this area is kind of cool, like these earthworms. Again, like Resident Evil. Resident Evil 3, you fought an earthworm gone bad. But uh, this is your first uh, dual boss, where there are mm-hmm. two of them you have to keep track of. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and pretty neat, even though, like... Uh, yeah, I don't remember it being particularly tough or anything like no. that. Like, this game scales difficulty well with your abilities up until the end very well. Yeah. Um, kind of up until the T-Rex boss fight, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt well prepared for the challenges at hand. Yes. You tend to get, like, important utility abilities um, at, a, at a good pace to match the you know, to match this. So I think this is around the time you get, like, Barrier and Haste, which will be your yeah. best friends. Uh, yeah, haste is essential. Yeah. I wish it lasted a little bit longer. Yeah, but, but haste, it, it, you know, as in as in Dungeons and Dragons and you know Final Fantasy, like out damage is fireball every single time. Like exactly, haste is going to be your. That's a way better use of your magic points. It also increases your run speed, so it increases your dodging ability as well. Yep, defensive item. Yes, precisely. Um, but um, this is this is uh, followed by one of the more annoying plot holes in the game, where you are confronting Eve by a uh, by a carriage. Um, and you know, she's like, it's like blah, 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 you know, giving her whole mitochondria supremacy, all of that. And then Aya gets into the carriage to talk to her. Yep. <laughs> Cause she's so blandly, uh, interested in, in what, you know, she was compelled some, yeah. some narrative, you know, nonsense reason. Yeah. Like she had to know what happened, what was, what happened, you know, yeah. shoot her. <laughs> she, like you, you have a gun. Like the whole point of guns is that you don't have to get on the carriages the bad guys are on. Like okay, a bunch of carriage guys are robbing a bank. Like you don't get onto their carriage to shoot them. You can just shoot them. Bullets come out. They do. You've been doing it they, this entire time, idiot. They go like, like wicked far. Yeah, wicked far and wicked fast, and they go wherever you point the gun yeah. at. Like, why do we need to explain this to you? As Torres, like his, I imagine Torres like sabotaging the training. Yeah. In, 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 in the police station to stop people from shooting things like oh god so just like uh, clamp was feeding melissa the immunosuppressants torres was in on it oh yeah torres is Torre a secret villain to this fucking game damn it um making the protagonist forget how guns work <laughs> you 
Yeah. It's a pretty cool set piece, though. Um, she lights the yeah. horses on fire and they're charging down the empty streets of New York. You have a limited range of movement to dodge her, uh, to dodge her fireballs. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that fight a lot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. uh, apparently you travel 60 blocks over the course of three minutes. So those horses were going <laughs> really, really fucking fast. They're hell horses. <laughs> so, it's that they go fast. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then you, you crash and you wake up and you're introduced to my least favorite supporting character, uh, Maeda, um, in his terrible little Soho apartment with a garbage can and fire. Um, he is a scientist who has seen all this happen in Japan and is the other expo dump yes. character. He, he, he references Dawkins, um, yeah. which is <laughs> yeah, the selfish gene. Have you, which is, have you considered yeah. atheism? Read these pamphlets. Yeah, was <laughs> well, kind of like it was kind of before Richard Dawkins became. Yeah, it's true. This weird, you know, uh, poster boy for atheism. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like I mean, as an atheist, like I've been annoyed by Richard Dawkins. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm of the same. Of the same. Yeah, like I, I know I agree with almost everything he says. Still, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Like, but this was when he kind of had a little bit more credibility yeah, and talked about things other than you know than how terrible religion is. Yeah, um, he invented the concept of the meme. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least he's, I mean, he's, he's a good thinker. Like yeah, he's, yeah. he's, you know, he's he's great. It's mm-hmm. just he's annoying. Yeah. Um, this is also when these days are kind of short and uh, can you know contained. So at this point, like <laughs> you know, the, there's just kind of one dungeon, and that's really all uh, all that you're doing. And that's how it level. should have stayed. <laughs> yeah, I I totally agree. Um, you know, so the the kind of big deal is that you, you know, so you leave the, this area. the The city has been evacuated at this point, mm-hmm. and there's been some kind of looting. Like you go into a gun store and a uh, a pharmacy <laughs> to get some stuff, and they're they're torn up. Yeah. So there's evidence of like people taking this threat seriously, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Again, that never happens. Right. Um, but and the then, main thing is you go to the police department. Yes. There, there there's also the requisite. Mayada saying you can buy guns in stores here. Yeah, 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 which I, I'm okay with that. Like, yep. I handle that as yeah, a, as a little. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like how infuriatingly nervous and polite he is. <laughs> like it just really, I, I get it. Yeah. But it seems it seems like a, a like a racist caricature to me. Yeah, I guess that's true. That, like I just don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and and it's it's annoying thing to be. It's like a racist <laughs> caricature, and being you know nervous and polite all the time is really annoying. Yeah. So it's just. Uh, it's a good thing that, you know, real Japanese people aren't like that. You know, I'm glad it's a caricature and not actually a character trait. Yes. I, um, I also, okay, so, so I'm going to get to this. Throughout the game, Maeda gives you um, trinkets. Yes. You know, says, here, take this for good luck. And they don't do anything up until the end. They just take up inventory space. And you can store them with Wayne. But there's a part of you as like an RPG player who thinks, well, if I hold on to all of these, maybe they'll combine into blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Or I'll need them and I don't want to backtrack to the, exactly. you know, to the thing. And the one that does something, all it does is take up that inventory space. Mm-hmm. The whole point of it is to make sure you have an inventory spot to get a plot sensitive item at the end. Right. So, uh, <laughs> and, and, it, and it becomes a plot point too, because a really you, fucking obnoxious plot point. <laughs> Like, use words, you idiot. Exactly. Like, just, just, uh, I mean, we'll talk about that, but that's infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just. It's, it's not It's not like a silly slapstick movie. Yeah. You know, like, like, give us a sense of gravity. Like, don't, you know, like, I don't want to hear the end of any sentences, Maida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Anyway. But I, I just like that because it's a prank on the player. And I enjoy yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the main thing is the, the police precinct gets overrun, 
And uh, the big deal is that Daniel's son has been hanging out with this police dog named Shiva. And uh, Shiva has gone uh, gone mitochondrial. <laughs> and uh, the police station is infested by, by creeps that you have to uh, destroy. Yeah. And uh, go kill Shiva. And Shiva is no longer Shiva anymore. This is a huge difficulty jump. Yeah, this is pretty tough. Yeah. And, and continually so, because the hospital is harder, and then the museum is a lot harder. Yeah. Like, this was the first time that I died in the game on this run. Yeah. Um, especially with the spiders that would uh, slow you down. Yes. And, and do, like, they, they don't, like, each of those spider hits do 100 damage and slow you down. Yes. Like, it's kind of crazy. Like, they are the thing to avoid. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to defeat these spiders, you have to not get hit by that. Yeah. Or else you're more or less fucked. And it's and it's pretty much like instantaneous too. It's like hit scan. So the, yeah. like there's no there's no slow moving projectile to dodge. It just happens. You have so, to be moving when they shoot. Yeah. So you have to be juking back and forth and kind of long arcs and then just wait for them to shoot at that point and miss you. A B M. Always be moving. Yeah. Yep. Mitochondria is for closers. Always be mitochondria. <laughs> First place, a Cadillac convertible. I Second place, mitochondria. <laughs> um, yeah. Second place, a set of Billy clubs. I don't even know. <laughs> um, fuck you. That's my name. But uh, but <laughs> but the run up to Shiva is more difficult than uh, the, than Shiva herself. Yeah, Shiva's not too bad. No. Um, the it's, chief, you know, was uh, I, just to give everybody their generic video game tragic backstory. The chief loved Shiva and was forced to shoot Shiva. Yes. Just to give him a little character development right yeah. there at the end mm-hmm. before yeah. his retirement kicked in. Exactly. Well, um, uh, the, the the chief also, you know, is protecting Daniel's son, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who go home? <laughs> like, why is the son always, why didn't you evacuate the city? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I want to go to operas and be everywhere where the danger is. Like, <laughs> get out, go to New Jersey. <laughs> like, get out of the city. Get to the mainland. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, leave. <laughs> like, yeah. Everyone in this town should leave except for Aya. <laughs> exactly. She's the only person who won't catch fire if she gets within yeah, a mile if she of this stays thing. in the town. Yeah. Like, think about like being in a town where being in the town gave you a good chance of being set on fire. Yeah. Like, well, why would you be in that town that, at all? That's a that's a plot point too, because <clears throat> all, all Eve would have to do is fly over New York City. Just top to bottom, and everybody would catch fire and die. Yeah, <laughs> her very presence is a corrupting force. Like, she doesn't need to do anything. God, Ugh. parasite Eve. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, that, that's that very short uh, contained day. Which yeah, is nice. It's great. And, uh, then you get to the next day, which is a lot longer, but it is just uh, you know one one dungeon. Yeah, but it's huge, mm-hmm. and it's the hospital. Yes. So the like the plot point here, you know, you find out that uh, um, I forget how you find out. It's one of the exposition dumps. Eve is trying to conceive and, yes. you know, pass on her ultimate ultimate mitochondria to somebody else. And somehow they they, they, they figure out that uh, the only remaining sperm bank is in this hospital. So they go there to uh, shut it off and create a lot of spoiled sperm. Yes, which is gross. Yes. This game um, doesn't. Uh... Pull any punches with using, you know, just talking about sperm. No, no, it's pr- pretty sperm centric. A little yeah, bit. it earns that I'm rating with all the sperm talk. Yeah, you're, just, you're slipping on it. Um, yeah, but uh, it's, 
<laughs> I don't know. You can these jokes write themselves. We don't even need to go down this road. <laughs> yeah. I told you there are lots of cum shots in the game. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. You all thought I was joking, but yeah. it's all the shots of uh, big tubs and tanks of sperm. Yep, yep. Just a big old tub of sperm. And I wrote that down in my notebook as I was playing, and I came back to it, and I I forget what that was indicating, but I had to put it in here anyway because that is a that is a funny little phraselet. I hope you get amnesia at some point, Cole, and find these notebooks with no sense of context. <laughs> like, I want you to go back and be reading over that and just be like, you know, two tumba widths, dot, 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 big tub of swim, dot, 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 <laughs> you know, like, shit the bed, dot, dot, dot. Like, I just want, like, I, I want these divorced of any kind of, any kind of sense. <laughs> when, when the show ends, I want to auction off my notebook. I've got it about a third way through. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. So <laughs> this hospital, it's um it's irritating mostly because of like you know you you go into the basement, Eve shuts off the power while you're in the elevator, which causes the elevator to drop and she's trying to trap trap you in the basement while she is uh going about and uh getting herself knocked up. Yeah. Um the, she's turkey based in. And, and uh, getting herself knocked up. There's tons of backtracking here. Yeah. Like this is a really I mean not as bad as the fucking museum. But, like, this is really where the game, like, this is probably the tipping point. Yeah. Where the game gets bad. And and it does a lot of, like, awful shit here that repeats even worse later. So this, like, in in hindsight, should have been the warning that things were turning. Like yes. a big tub of sperm when the power shuts off. But... <laughs> Like they don't even make any pretense of like what they're doing with this. You have to get the green key to open the green door. You right, know? right. It's like it's like Doom, <laughs> you know, or like Resident Evil. But the thing with Resident Evil is that Resident Evil had persistent enemies. So once you killed the zombies in a room in Resident Evil, they were dead until they came back as crimson heads. Well, um, right, but yeah. that came later, and yeah, like it came when you when you enter the the mansion. Like exploring within a large you know area as big as this hospital, you could mm-hmm. clear it out. And then explore it and solve puzzles. Like this exploring and solve puzzle bit does not work with random encounters. See also <laughs> that bit we were talking about in the last episode about the cave levels in Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're going to ask me to solve puzzles, random encounters are off. Mm-hmm. You know, that new no-nos. <laughs> if you're going to ask me to solve puzzles, random encounters are off. Yes. A new no-no. <laughs> Just so. put, put that up on the board. Um yeah. Yeah, but I don't remember anything like specific narratively happen here. It's just a lot of running through hallways with no preservation of direction either. You yeah. you you leave the right side of the screen only to enter on the right side of the screen, etc. Yes. And in a game without any map, that is that is a mega bummer. Yeah, there should have been a map as well. Yeah, like, like survival if, horror without a map is is dumb. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Especially since a map is such an easy thing to narratively justify. Yeah. You know, like it'd be so easy. So easy to get that. I think, isn't there a map you can look at outside the elevator? Um, but you can't take it with you. Yeah. Which, so, is, which I mean, I'm not going to jot it down. It might as well not I'm be not there. Cole. <laughs> um, <laughs> fair, um, fair enough. I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, like you, you, you end up getting to the roof, yes. right? And you fight a brain spider for some reason. Sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes no sense. Spiders were a really annoying enemy this entire time. Like, yeah. might as well fight for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not. He's not the worst uh, boss fight in the game. Like, no. It's interesting because it it sets up some artificial video gaming limits. So, like the first half of them where you're fighting, you have a lot more room to dodge because the camera is zoomed out. Mm-hmm. And then you fight him in a second form, and you're zoomed in a lot more, so everything is a lot tighter. 
And, you know, theoretically, like, I can still move outside the, the confines of the screen, you know? Yeah. It's, There's no reason why I can't dodge as much as I did in that first fight. Like, it really underlines the video game-ness of, it, of this. It's, it's, the, it's, it's the ludonarrative, the ludonarrative yeah. conceit yes. of uh, a lack of object permanence. So I, I believe that Aya, in addition to being simple like Sling Blade, also has no object permanence. So whatever you see, that, that, that yes. that's where she can walk. Yeah. That's mitochondria you see. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the many things that we can chalk up to mitochondria. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> this is also um, an annoying boss because you almost certainly have to fight him twice. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. because um, the the government is performing bombing runs on New York. Um, they bomb Central Park, and uh, they are bombing the uh, the the hospital. I forget yep. why, because because of Eve and mitochondria and video games, and you have to escape the roof. And well, they, could, they could theoretically think Eve was there yeah. or, or know that Eve was there. Yeah, like, because you have full buy-in from the federal government and the army as well. Yeah. Aya is very, very persuasive. Yeah, but, that's uh, her, her hidden power. <laughs> Again, I like that bit, though, that everyone's taking this thing seriously. Oh, like, yeah. Holy shit, there's a monster that turns people into slime. We have to kill it with everything we have before <laughs> it gets to the mainland. Like, I really like that. Like. You know, that's that's a that's a plus for this game. No yeah. minus. Oh, definitely. It makes it harder to play through. But you know, and they would sacrifice one cop to, to take care of this threat. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Maya or Aya could very well be collateral damage. And I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. But just th- this whole thing, it, it, it is a it is a preview of the ending sequence. And even though I had played this before, I still died on this one. Um, yeah. And I had to fight the brain spider again because you have to know you have to go to the painting scaffolding in order to get down off the roof. Yeah. Blah. Yep. 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 So day five, when everything goes bad. Yep, absolutely. It's a really long chapter. The dungeons in it are really annoying. And uh, there's not very much else going on. Like, there's not tons of cool story stuff that happens, really. Um, yeah, it's a terrible chapter. Yeah, and well, some some story stuff happens. Like, you know, the final fight against Eve happens in this. It's just such a long chapter. Yeah. Like, this is this game's subspace emissary. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, that's a good, yeah, good way to put it. It might, be, it might be as long as like most of the other chapters combined, right? That might be hyperbole, and, but my and point the length is not, uh, you know, it's not a bunch of different, like a variety of cool different things. No, you're doing it's like you know, two thing, you know, two things you're doing that <laughs> take forever. Yeah, you know, like it's two dungeons that are awful and long. Yeah, I forget why you go to Chinatown. Um, like there, there was some reason having to do with finding Eve and seeing like the biomass go somewhere, but yeah, you're right. Like I, I actually, um, I ended up looking at that in effect because I put the game down for a couple of days after the hospital, because why wouldn't you? And then <laughs> picked it back up and I had no idea why I was supposed to go to the, to Chinatown. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot as well. And if you're going to the sewer, why do I have to go to Chinatown? Like I can get to the sewer from anywhere right? or, or less. Like, I mean, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be specific to Chinatown, but 
Um, I guess it's just a, a, an opportunity to put this, you know, this colorful New York flavor. Yeah. In, in there, but uh, the sewers are a big, like kind of a grid. So it's 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 a maze only because there are areas blocked off from it. It's a huge grid where like every you know every screen is a lot of real estate. You move really really slowly, and it has a, an enemy in it that will blind you, which you can either you know waste your turn uh, unblinding yourself, which is not really worth it, or just make that like the spider attack where it's like. You know, priority one is to avoid these attacks no matter what. Right. And uh, but sometimes there's three bats and they don't <laughs> they don't fire and in, in, in sync or anything like that. Like it's very difficult. Right. And that blind effect, it really, really like it makes your hitbox smaller than Aya herself or your range. Yeah, your, right. Yeah, which is kind of clever. Uh-huh. Like you have a range of like, you know, just a, a very short amount when you're blind, but it's really annoying. Yeah, and I didn't try um, switching over to a club at this point. That might have actually been a good uh, a good tactic. Yeah, yeah, um, and that might not have affected. I just kind of went right up next to things and shot them. Yeah, that's what I did too. When I got blinded. Yeah. Yeah, but every encounter has them, and you're going to get encountered a lot. So yeah, especially if you're going to try to get stuff in this dungeon. Yeah, there's a lot of treasure in this in this dungeon, but. I mean, if you know the optimal path, you're not there that long, but you're missing out on a lot of, like, important upgrades and your first shotgun. Yeah. Which has that very cool effect of uh, making you, your shots have an area effect. Yes. So I, I did end up getting that, and I used it for a good long while yeah. because uh, it's uh, it's very useful against the final bosses. Um, but, uh, yeah, this, this area, really kind of sucky. Um, it's neat because you end up on the Brooklyn Bridge, and you get to see... Like oh gosh, it's heading towards uh, headed towards the museum. Why um, all of that? So, but like there are lots of ways to get to that that don't involve going through an awful hellish sewer. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I imagine people can get to the museum <laughs> without going through the sewers. Yeah. Um, you also you engage in a lot of like Resident Evil style like you know water pump puzzle. Yeah. Stuff in the in this area, which again just showing this game kind of having a foot in both ponds and being a master of neither. Yeah. You know. <sighs> but uh, once you find out that the museum is your final target, you go to the museum, which. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the museum is huge. It's bigger than every other area in the game combined. Like it's by far the biggest dungeon. Yeah. That, that you run into bigger than the sewers with multiple floors. Like that thing that, you know, sometimes dungeons will do where like elevators or stairs only go to certain floors. Mm-hmm. You have multiple locked doors to deal with. Um, it looks neat. And there's this kind of gimmick of like quiz kiosks. Yes, uh, all all of the quiz. Oh, so, okay, so I guess Klomp is one of the is like he's the director of this because every question has to do with mitochondria and the evolution yeah. of mitochondria. <laughs> like in areas where it doesn't make sense, like you're looking at oh I'm in the I'm in the avian wing. Hmm, let's see this mitochondria releases how much? Do only birds have mitochondria? What? Yeah, well, this dude is like monomaniacally obsessed with mitochondria. He's a he's a single issue voter, <laughs> is what he is. He's only interested in in one thing, like whether the candidate is pro or con mitochondria. <laughs> exactly, That's all he needs to know. Yeah, but uh, um, the the thing that annoys me most about this it's 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 divided like pre and post when you get to the, to the security room. Yeah, like like that's the place that you're trying to get to. Um, 
And um, when you get there, you, you know, deactivate the security system and it opens up like more areas. But because of the way that it's going, you have to like go up a floor and then back down a floor and doors are unlocked that were locked before. However, there is no visible state change. Yes. Like there's no light by a door that's red when it's locked and green when it's when it's opened up. So you have to have been keeping track of where these locked doors are because otherwise what you have to end up doing is, well, I guess I have to explore this whole fucking place again. Right. With yeah. random encounters. Yes. And like it's if you wanted to map this yourself, it doesn't lend itself well to mapping because you have gigantic, uh, irregularly shaped rooms. Yes. With that lack of direction persistence we were <laughs> talking about. So it's like it doesn't provide you a map. It makes mapping it yourself, which you should never really have to do no. with a game of this vintage. You know, it's not wizardry. <laughs> like, you, you know, and, and so it makes that difficult even if you wanted to do it. Like, at this point, get out like a fact. Yeah. If like you're playing this game and you feel committed to getting further than this, like please get out of fact and just and even, make it easy on your own. And even yourself. like the facts weren't that great because the directions are all fucked up. So it says, yeah. go up the stairs and then to the right. Well, what's right? Because I see both of these things. You know, that are right. kind of to the right. Like it's my right or I, yeah, it's right, you know, stage right yeah. or uh. right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty obnoxious. You need the, the Prima guide. Yeah, definitely. This bad boy with like those, those maps that they created on screenshots. <laughs> like one of the cool things about this, like aesthetically that the, it, it calls, it calls attention to how absurd it is. Um, Eve is reanimating dinosaurs. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, and these are models of dinosaurs. These are, you know, fossils. And... A clonosaurus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a terrible. <laughs> and then Apu goes on for hours. Um, God, that's great. Um, but, um, she's actually using the biomass to like fill in the nooks and crannies of these, of these models and make them into animate beings which is kind of neat you know i even says how the hell did these dinosaurs get here which is a really blase <laughs> way to encounter that yeah <laughs> um, it's the most emotion she showed the entire game. exactly and and it gets uh i, I believe when she starts uh like when the t-rex is being animated she says oh god you've got to be kidding why would she do that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's really like annoyed with like her you know her her sister-in-law or something like that like, yeah. it sounds like oh geez here we go again. Um, <laughs> but, this is kind of like a like a boss rush too. You fight you fight a lot of bosses. Yeah, yeah. Area. You fight a you you fight a giant scorpion, a triceratops, and finally a T Rex. Yeah. Um, yeah. And increasing uh, levels of difficulty. Mm-hmm. There. And uh, you also encounter like before you get to that, like you encounter Clamp, and you know he he blows the lid off of his whole scheme, you know, and he, he just he gives you the, the the James Bond speech of nothing can stop me now. <laughs> yes. yes, and uh, like, like like the cool narrative part, like he has survived because Eve has decided to let him survive, and yes. when and and when it becomes inconvenient for him, like when he's served his purpose, um, after he talks about giving Eve um, sperm that doesn't have any of the father's mitochondria, but that doesn't make sense because like mitochondria is like Judaism. It's past, it's past maternally. <laughs> so like the father's mitochondria, that doesn't make any sense at all. I, you know, Ugh. I never took biology class. Like everything I know about biology, I learned from parasite. <laughs> so I essentially, everything this game said, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Oh, huh, wow. You know, and I just like, you know, that's, I, I just went along with that. My, my changing body. But, Thanks, Chris. <laughs> but, uh, but so see, you know, af after this and, you know, he, he's just kind of like, Eve, it's time for me to go now. I'm, yeah. I'm coming to join you, Elizabeth. He just catches yeah. fire and then you get, you get his key, which lets you get to these, to these gigantic dinosaur enemies. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're a cop and could have taken that key without any <laughs> of that stuff too. Like yeah. you're a cop with a gun at this point. Like I'm always kind of surprised. Like I, I understand why like superheroes and cops follow this no kill, you know, got to stick to the books even in times of chaos thing. But like when you're being fought by T Rexes and stuff, like at some point, like that, I feel like that should break. You know, like a lot <laughs> earlier than it does a lot of times in games. Yeah. You know, shoot him. <laughs> Just shoot him. <sighs> you know, plot yeah. contrivances. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, I get why it happens. Yeah, no, no, but yeah, it just, yeah. It's just narratively, it's, it's obnoxious. Yeah, it's like you flying over New York. Why not? But yeah, yeah. <sighs> you you have a gun. There are locked doors. Yeah, all that. Yeah, totally. Like, and you know, just uh, uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, these bosses get kind of increasingly difficult. Like, so the scorpion is not bad. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you just you stick to him. Like, mm-hmm. stay stay to his side, and you'll be okay. Um, the Triceratops has a dash attack that does a lot of damage and has very little wind-up. Yeah. Um, that's really hard to avoid, mm-hmm. I thought. And the T-Rex is really, really tough. Yeah. Like, this is this is, this is is a really hard boss, mm-hmm. right? And it's a huge T-Rex. Like, there's an element of coolness to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I like that you're fighting a T-Rex, but it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, I think at this point I was spamming uh, Liberation, which is your ultimate summon form. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that ended up helping a lot. Um, it's, you can't really spam that though, because it uses up all of your, your mana and then it takes, you know, a good solid minute or two to, to recharge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's where I would have liked to have had like an ether item. So yeah. like if I wanted to do something like that, or if I wanted to, I needed more mana, um, you know, I'd be able to, to get that back. And it would, it would make sense if you had immunosuppressants that let you, like, if, if that was the plot item that lets you do it. Because yeah. Eve at the beginning says, like, the more you use these powers, the more you'll become like me. And these powers are the mitochondria manifesting themselves in the way that Eves do, right? Right. Yeah. Hmm. Seems like a missed opportunity to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But, uh, it's, it's still cool to fight dinosaurs. I don't, I don't care. Um, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm fine fighting dinosaurs. <laughs> I like that. Um, you know, more or less in every game except for Dino Crisis. dinosaurs um and you, you you all of this is in service of getting to the fourth floor which is where uh barbie breast eve is yes. completely pregos yeah pregos uh with really big gross distended pregnant yeah. stomach yeah now, which you know again that's a, that's a body four element mm-hmm. that i can i can get behind i remember when this game first came out being at blockbuster and be like oh my gosh i want this i was reading about it in my game pros and it got five crazy hair dudes and yeah, uh hair razors, full hair razors. <laughs> full hair razors, yes and uh, i wasn't allowed to uh my I, I think it was my stepdad who didn't who didn't let me rent it because uh because of the cover which has the like a version of eve that is like that on there he's uh, like uh you know you're you're too young for that and yeah. then i think i think my dad ended up letting me rent it um cool thanks dad um but uh go dad go go dad um but it's uh but yeah it's pretty gross um at this point and uh we'll get to this later when you get to like to the final fight with her but uh again the irregular curve of her of her mutations is really strange yes um Hmm. and you and you fight her at this point 
Um, yes. It looks like just from the notes, it looks like I don't remember having a real tough time with this boss fight, but it looks like Man, that you I, have a I had to. I had to fight her so many times. Not so much in the in the in the museum, but uh, when when she takes off and heads to Liberty Island. Um, hmm. I forget. Do you fight her in the museum? I don't know. That I'm I'm kind of basing that on your notes. Yeah. Here. Okay. I can't so, remember the boss fight that I thought you were talking about was the one on the tanker, which like I do think is really hard. Yes. No. But, the, like uh, the, that's the, not the, her. That's the ultimate being. Yeah, something that happens. So, so, okay, so something happens. She heads off to uh, Liberty Island to give birth um, yes. to the you know because you have to go to the she has to go to the ocean because that's where life originally came from. Blah blah blah. Mitochondria, mitochondria, um, yes. kilojoules, uh, science. Um, and you are tasked by the military with piloting a helicopter to fire a nuke at her, and she disables your systems. So Aya has to parachute onto Liberty Island to take her out herself. It's so silly. That, that helicopter scene is so silly, though, because they're like she says, like, I don't know how to fly a helicopter. They say, don't worry, it's automatic. <laughs> I say, why does she need to be on the helicopter? <laughs> yep. Like, you just told me that, like, she doesn't need to be, be on there. <laughs> They, they can like, automate everything except the trigger pulling because of nuclear safeguards. Stupid communists. I, yeah, well, I, I guess. And then the, her, her like wingmen go up there and they're like, you know, we're sacrificing ourselves. It's our noble sacrifice. You know, to help. <laughs> Why? Like, like you can't do anything to to Aya. You know. So is the idea being that like uh, Eve will blow up those helicopters and won't blow up Aya's, and they're just hoping that to be true? <laughs> you know, it's it's not like they're doing any like anything they're doing actively is protecting Aya. They just happen to get targeted first. Like, is it just mm-hmm. like chaff, like in Harry Potter, where they all disguise themselves as Harry Potter and get on the, the brooms just so, so that the idea that maybe the uh, you know the Voldemort will will attack the wrong one <laughs> is that the idea? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was dumb though, and it was just like a dumb way to throw away, uh, you know, human life for for no particular reason. Yeah, and 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 Eve really has the Magneto problem too, where like Magneto could phys- you could could feasibly like manipulate the iron in somebody's blood in order to like explode them. So couldn't she, if there was any biological mass at all on these, you know, on on these uh, um, helicopters, just explode them that way by causing yeah. them to ignite? You know, because like any any natural. Yeah, you know, it, and do you mean to tell me that there's not like a nuclear bomb that has range greater than that? Like that you have no firing <laughs> mechanism other than dropping it from a helicopter. Yeah, that has to be above the thing. Like that's not how missiles work. No, and it's not. wars. Wars with missiles. ICBM. The IC is intercontinental. They could have fired this from Africa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, call up our buddies. Yeah, call up call, got, call up got... Big Boss in Zanzibar. We got Metal Gears all up in this piece. You know, know. they can deliver a Metal. Every dot com has a Metal Gear. Like they can deliver a Metal Gear overnight with free shipping both ways. Like, why don't they? It's so. It's just so dumb. Like yeah. it's really, really dumb at this point. Yeah. Dumb it out. It just and again and again, like like so many things. It's it's okay if you turn your brain off, but when you're talking about it, you ha- like it's. Ugh. Yeah, it's dissonance. No scrutiny. It's cognitive dissonance, really, yeah. is what it is. That's that's why my voice is getting progressively higher. And um, then if the mechanics at this point were still like, I would still be along with the ride. It's not like I don't play video games with stupid fucking stories yeah. because I do. <laughs> it's just the mechanics at this point are so annoying. Like the the floor is dropping out from you on why you're still playing this game. Right. You know, like <laughs> you you know, it's like oh cool, this is really fun to play, and the story is intriguing. Oh, well, the story is getting pretty stupid, but it's still fun to play. Oh, the story is stupid. And it's not fun to play. You know, like it just—it's slowly. It's like you're sitting in a bathtub as the water drains out of it. 
Like you're just feeling progressively heavier and heavier as the game progresses. And it just dry off and continue with your day. Yeah. Like, stop playing Parasite Eve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this is the boss fight that really gave me a lot of trouble. Um, <clears throat> mostly because of her melee attacks. Um, compared to the size of Eve at this point, the the arena isn't that isn't that um, huge. And a lot of her attacks you can avoid just by running, at, you know, in a circle around her. You know, um, but uh, those melee attacks, she just has to move a couple of feet relative to you, and she can grab you, grab you with her monster wang, and either reduce you to one HP, or more in you know more insidiously, you know, deal about four hundred damage, which means yeah. you have to use two turns to heal yourself, which will also deplete all of your uh, all of your HP. And right. the way that the save point works out, you have to watch all of that um, intervening cutscene in order to get back to this point. Yep, unskippable. Yeah, and and you know the, the the way that you change your strategy isn't just the way that you move around. You have to you know mess around with your weapon configurations, and so you'd have to sit through all of these cutscenes, um, and then go in and use all of your tools and things like that to like try something different in order to get this. And eventually, yeah. I found the combination that worked. Yeah. Very frustrating. Yeah. And it doesn't get less frustrating as you go. Yeah. Oh, and, and Eve's final form, forget all that monster stuff. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, you know, idealized sexy lady with monster parts. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because it's, it's trying to confuse us. It's because, just being like, you know, Japanese yeah. horror at this point. Because like, why not? Because why not? Because video games, because science. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty cool how she actually dies, though, because uh, she like melts. Yeah. 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 She, her, her body loses its ability to maintain its form. <laughs> So, oh, which I'm, I'm fine with. And and there and there's a whole other thing too. Like you know, in the in the final like fuck you speech from Aya to to Eve, e, um, Aya says there must have been some mitochondria that underwent a different evolution. Think about it, Eve. Here's the thing: they both got their Eve parts from the same person, Maya. So thinking about it actually reveals so Maya's kidney mitochondria were different than her corneal mitochondria. Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's all things. It's everything I know about like, mitochondria. I don't, I, I don't know why I'm still clinging to this and being outraged <laughs> at this point, but that, that, that just like tore it for me. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty dumb. Yeah. It's real, real dumb. Um, so you go to the, the last dungeon and it's not even a dungeon. It's just a, a day with a boss fight. Yeah. Which is, which is fine. You're able to, to meet up with your, you know, uh, your, your gunsmith guy, use up any other upgrades you have. You get, um, I end up using all my healing items on that last boss fight. Yeah, me too. So you kind of get a set equipment set for this final boss fight. Like you, you, you go to a guy who will give you, you know, two healing, you know, two sets of healing items, um, the two strongest, and then a bunch of status stuff that you don't need. Yeah, not really. I don't think anyone does status stuff at this point for the rest of the game. Um, but you can get like a variety of status upgrades. The ultimate being will confuse you, but that is, it's not easy to a, work around. Yeah, it's not a huge setback. I guess I did get confused, but I was not. Uh, I never had to fight it or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so you're on there. You fight the the brainy uh, space baby. This has that. I know the scene we were talking about earlier, where like Maida is trying to give you the weapon that will kill the enemy in the end, but Daniel doesn't want to listen to him, and <laughs> she's just giving you another charm and drags him off onto a helicopter. Yeah. So like just like all it would take would be like actually no no this is different like it's not a charm yeah <laughs> it's a bullet it's a weapon and, and you know and all it takes is one sentence from Maeda later to make Daniel say okay 
grab it, and then jump out of the helicopter, catch fire, yeah. and then fall into the ocean as he throws it to Aya. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing, you know, it's like, I believe you not at all, and now I believe you to such a degree that, like, I'm willing to sacrifice myself. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. The, uh, there's actual boss fight, so it's a, a standard, you know, Resident Evil, uh, one-winged angel style, like, multiple-tier boss fight um, with a giant, like, brain baby that comes out of the ocean, which I actually kind of like the design of the brain baby. Me too. It eventually turns, I don't like the design of the other forms of it. Yeah. But it's kind of mirroring, like, the cycle of life. So it starts off as a baby and then becomes kind of like a crawling creature and then, like, an adult, you know, a, a mature, like, a muscular man and then just kind of a monster. And uh, there's four forms to this fight. The third one is the, as far as I got. And I can't get, I couldn't get past that. So, and and I, maybe I could have, I kept trying, but there's tons of cutscenes and two pretty easy boss fights you have to go through. Yeah. To get there. And I just couldn't handle the non skippableness of it at that point. Yeah. I, I, I think that I was just higher level than you because of my 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 lack of luck with the with the random encounter rolls. I think that that's what it was too, is yeah. I just didn't have enough HP to pay the bills at this point. Yeah. And, and you know, I didn't have that much of a problem at this point because I kind of knew that my healing items would be useless later. I, I offloaded all of my healing to items and I just waited for my, my parasite energy to get high enough to do liberation over and over again when it was necessary. Not so much with the baby and not so much with the split boss, but with the, uh, with the mature form. The um, mature form was the one that, that got me yeah. like, a lot. Like that was really tough. Yeah. I just, I, I didn't have as much trouble with that, but I could see how if, if he was taking you down to half health with every, with every attack, that would be a real bad thing. I just, I just had one, I just had one resource I could use. So I ended up using my, my health items and I just had one resource that I was continuously using the healing. So I could to heal and I couldn't use it for offense. And if I stopped to shoot him, I always got hit. Yeah. So there was no, I could heal and shoot, but then my mana would run out and then that would be it for me. Right. You know, each, each time I fought him. Yeah. So you didn't get to the point after uh, the mature form where he turns into kind of this uh, uh, translucent manta ray creature. He turns into a big dick, right? Like I, I've seen, I watched the cutscene of it. He turns into the jelly dick from EVO. <laughs> the jelly dick is back <laughs> with a vengeance. Um, also in a game heavily, uh, heavily influenced by pseudoscience and evolution, yeah. which are the same thing. <laughs> Teach the controversy. Um, but, uh, <laughs> voters. Exactly. Um, um, if, if I need to explain that I'm joking, you just leave. Yeah. Um, but it'd be, a, it'd be a real surprising reveal at this point in the podcast. <laughs> Not just for me as a person, as like as your friend, but also for the audience. I imagine it's just like, yeah, you know, calls a Bible thumper. A it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing no monkey. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, we're into old video games and we don't believe in evolution. Exactly. <laughs> also, women voting. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, people what? of different races are Pokemon. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know that wasn't your first hint. <laughs> yeah. But um, but uh, I, I've, I I forget even. So yeah, he, he turns into a jelly dick, and uh, at this point, every shot that you do does one damage. Yes, and then that's the that's the whole cutscene with uh, with the Aya bullets. How did Maeda get your cells? I while you were sleeping. In yes, the garbage apartment. I guess <laughs> in the garbage apartment. Yeah, <laughs> just harvesting tissue. Yeah, a little creep. Oh man! Um, and then each shot does nine nine nine. It does the damage cap. Yeah, um, and you know you win very very easily. 
because he gets like these these uh, little Doritos that fly around him and like like an R type uh, power up, and uh, they do very little damage. So it's he's pretty much a pushover at this point. You've won. Do you really win though, Cole? No, Tell me no. About your, your... <laughs> <laughs> so after you disable it, it's kind of like Nemesis in that it just won't die. Um, and so you have to run into the the ship, you know, and so it's pursued as gameplay. That's something that we talked about being a good thing before, right? Yes. Um, you know, we're, 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 we're down with that, except if it hits you once, you die. And you have to fight that boss over and over again. Um, and the, you, you know, the... the, the, the yes. And to to get to this, you have to you have to go through this maze where if you make one bad decision, this thing will get to you and will kill you. Yeah, Try, and, trial and error with like unskippable cutscenes and four boss fights you have to go through with a huge it's, it's huge consequence. If you're going to do if you're going to do trial and error, make the consequence as little as possible. You know, yes. I don't mind failing so long as failing doesn't like doesn't disrespect my time. Right. It's also it needs to be like I mean, and we'll talk about this at length for like the rest of our lives. Because um, Dark Souls has huge consequence to failing, and there are trial and error elements to it. But it's not arbitrary. You're not just making a choice between left and right. Mm-hmm. You know, like the choices you're making in that are meaningful. If you pay attention and use the hints and take your time, you can make the right choice on the first try. And if you make the wrong choice, you learned a lot about how to make future choices. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is just right or left. Right. And the consequences are arguably worse yeah. you know, than they ever end up in, in Dark Souls. And this, this area, like, like this whole sequence starts off with a huge fuck you because there's a save point in the first room. You know, you, you save by yeah. calling back to the station or whatever. And, uh, you know, you think like, okay, I just, I just finished this boss. I'm, I should probably save. This is probably a safe room or whatever. You run up to this thing and, uh, the creature's behind you and the line is down and it's like mandatorily, it takes long enough for the, for you to realize this, that it'll kill you. So if you try and do like what makes sense in a video game context, it, it like punished for it. Yes. And yep. that that's dirty pool, mister. Like it's, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it's rough. Yeah. So I, I, I tried and failed like two or three times. And finally I was like, fuck you. I'm going to go to YouTube. So yeah. <laughs> where we, where you see the ending uh, that we, we talked about um, earlier, you can uh, pass on your two strongest weapons to like new game plus. Yeah. Um, you get to name them, which is kind of fun. And then in, in new game plus, there's a bonus dungeon, which is the Chrysler building, which is kind of a cross between like just a challenge mode of this and like a roguelike. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, uh, you know, 77 floors, um, each one randomized with really hard bosses and really good items through it. Yeah. And kind of a really weird gameplay mode for this. I played it maybe a little bit when I was younger, um, but I don't think I got very far. I definitely beat this game when I was younger. But Cole, you you, you beat the Chrysler building when you were younger. Yeah, yeah. I did it uh, with my cousin who was really into RPGs at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty accurate. You can only save or leave the building every 10 every 10 floors um and there's a boss every 10 floors there are no uni- there are no unique bosses in the area they're all kind of like powered up versions of things you've seen before ah. uh kind of culminating in uh um in like the plus plus t-rex uh which is yeah. one of the bigger ones that gives you a lot of trouble um but yeah like i said before you get like trading cards like this is your main source of those and weapon upgrading becomes your main path to uh to excellence um, and this even more so than like leveling up, which if you're doing this, you will level up to the cap. Um, 
Yeah. And then you get to the top where, you know, you get the alternate ending. The final boss, it's really kind of like underwhelming because you're fighting Maya, who's who's like crazy one winged angel form is actually just, you know, Aya in liberation form. So it's that same model and it does like a lot of the same moves and the same attacks. So they're like they 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 did this with but you know by making as few extra resources as possible or as few extra assets and it really really sticks out yeah yeah it's a weird choice yeah there's also and i just just realizing it we forgot to mention there's a bonus dungeon of like a warehouse yeah you can go through earlier if you want to get a rocket launcher that's all there is to it but just uh, uh, in the interest of completionism mm-hmm. i did go to the warehouse and get a rocket launcher because i went there instead of chinatown because i thought that's where i was supposed to go oh yeah because they both appeared on my map at the same time and mm-hmm. it was an arbitrary choice but that's Parasite Eve. Yeah. Um, you know, not as bad as like I was kind of expecting something. You know, we had a lot of goodwill towards us in the beginning. Yes. I was worried this wouldn't hold up and I was kind of fearing that it would be like Tomba bad. You know, <laughs> and it's bad. not. Yeah, it's not Tomba bad. Um, but it definitely puts its best foot forward and yeah. its worst foot second, I guess. Like up until, ch- you know, midway through chapter four, when I realized it was kind of bullshit, I was willing, I was like getting ready to call this one of the best games we've done for the show, but it yeah. just, it squanders so much goodwill that yeah. like, I just, I feel almost betrayed by it, which is weird yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really like, it's, it's really, there's a lot of potential here mm-hmm. and it's, it's really cool up until that point. Even this time I spent with it, like I'm not necessarily considering it to be a waste because it's not that long of a game. No, no. You know, and even getting as far as I, I did, like it was, I had fun when I was doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like there are some games I'll play for the show where I'm just like, ugh, I gotta <laughs> do this again. Right. And it just doesn't feel, you know, it doesn't feel, it feels like work. It didn't necessarily feel like work. Like it was fun to do. It just, the ending of it is just so broken. Yeah. And shitty. I, I guess I felt so invested because it's one of those things that feels like it's like tailor made for me. A JRPG and a survival horror game? Oh boy. Yeah. With, like, with all kinds of, you know, science stuff that you, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, are, are semi-knowledgeable about. A, fe- a female protagonist? Awesome. The game yeah. the game even passes the Bechdel test, which is pretty yeah. cool. But, yeah, which is, I, which, is, which is, I mean, as far as, you know, because we were talking about those, like, female characters as, as strong characters. And what this is, is it's not, you know, it's not a strong character no matter what gender it is. Mm-hmm. So it's nice because it's not Tifa. <laughs> and it's not you know anything like that like she's well she's well dressed she's you know strong for lack of a better word no characters are good in this game though like it is a game full of ciphers and, <laughs> and just kind of walking plot contrivances like none of them are characters when you say cipher do you mean like cipher in the term of the archetype or cipher in terms of final fantasy 8 cipher uh, <laughs> I, I, I meant a bunch of walking ciphers okay i always pronounce that like i think i pronounce that cipher oh, okay uh, which is sounds really stupid but yeah or, or like a Rook Assault song, but the, uh, uh, the, the, I don't know. Like it's like none of the, it, it does pass that test. It's on paper, a strong female character, mm-hmm. but just not barely a character like good, but just, yeah, you know, fair, but just Bleh. yeah. Terrible, you know, bad characters in a video gamey way. Yeah. I, know. I if, if Jill Valentine didn't dress up in that like tube top and emphasis, <laughs> I would say she's a much more interesting character. Um, as we said in the beginning, this episode is brought to you by Audible.com. And for you, our dear listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their awesome service. Um, for listeners of this show, if you're looking for a good place to start, um, I was trying to think of something thematically tied to this game. 
and uh, is also, you know, I don't read a lot of uh, science fiction that's this kind of sci-fi. Like, most of the science fiction I like to read is weird, mind-bending 70s, you know, like psychedelia sci-fi. But uh, this game, a little bit, made me think of uh, Kurt Vonnegut's Galapagos. Hmm. Um, have you ever read that, Cole? No, I have not. I'm, I'm a relative Kurt Vonnegut neophyte. Well, that's something to fix, my friend. I know. Um, yeah, he's 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 a uh, he's my favorite author. He's the closest thing I have to a religion. Um, <laughs> I love Kurt Vonnegut, and uh, this is one of his later books. It's from '85. Um, it's not, you know, one of his most popular. Like the last half of his career does not get name checked as much as the first half. But uh, this this uh, it's about a group of people who are on kind of a pleasure cruise on an island when an economic and bio disaster kind of strikes the rest of the world. So first, there's this kind of you know gigantic economic disaster, and then there's an incident that makes uh, people who are not on this island uh, infertile. So they, um, it's, it's someone chronicling the history of these people who essentially um, create the next stage of, of mankind. Hmm. Um, and the, the incidents leading up to that. And uh, it's very cool. It's a, it has a lot to do with like evolution and a lot to do with um, you know, the, uh, the next steps for man. And uh, you know, this, the same kind of hate that's in Parasite Eve for, for humanity, <laughs> the contempt for human, like, uh, you know, one of the, the, the central tenets of Kurt Vonnegut is like that, you know, most of the world's problems are, are really caused by our, our, you know, some things are essentially human, but are still, uh, problematic, which he, in the here he refers to as our, our, our large brains. And uh, <laughs> like, it's kind of against nature. If, if nature had its way, we would be happier and less destructive if we were simpler creatures. Yeah. And, uh, this book kind of goes a long way with that. Um, tons of heart, like everything that he writes. Um, narrated by Jonathan Davis, which he's a, he's a good, uh, he's only kind of famous within narration circles, but he's a good narrator. Mm-hmm. And uh, it regularly goes for $35. And you can get it for free. Uh, almost eight hours worth of content. A very good book. Awesome. All for you. All for free. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, sounds like a good deal. I would it's, uh, it's not the best Kurt Vonnegut book, but it is the, the one that's most related to, uh, related to this, mm-hmm. I think. Where does Cat's Cradle fit in the Pantheon? Uh, Catch Cradle is great. I like Catch Cradle is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's real early on, so I think it's a little bit before he developed some of his like, um, like the real hardcore heartsies. Like <clears throat> Kermanigat, the thing that about him that like is so touching to me is that he's a real softy. Mm-hmm. Like for somebody as cynical and who has you know where terrible things happen to humans in the world in every one of his books, he's a that guy's got a heart the size of all outdoors. Like <laughs> he's he's a real softy. Right. And uh, I think Cat's Cradle is a little bit before some of that got developed. Mm-hmm. And uh, later, his books kind of speak to me a little bit more when he gets more into these themes that, you know, spend less time trying to touch my brain and, and spend more time trying to touch my soul, right. you know, so to speak. Hmm. Also also kind of about, uh, you know, again, about the end of the world, like a small group of, of people dealing with the, the end of the world. Yeah. So that's a, a big thing for, for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Um, God rest his soul. Check that out, and uh, yeah. So uh, it's so you, it's so weird to say God rest his soul about a secular humanist, but continue. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, it was the uh, uh, was it he he was at the he spoke at the funeral, I think, of Ray Bradbury. Yeah, and uh, he opened up his eulogy with Ray is in heaven now, and, and it was like a secular humanist convention. And it brought down the house because um, he's a very funny man. Yes. Um, Sorry, I don't mean to keep dwelling on this, but. No, I no. Enjoy the uh, I'll talk about Kravonga. <laughs> Stay tuned for Kravonga cast. Um, so to download uh, Galapagos or any other uh, book on their service that you're interested in, go to audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Again, today, I urge you, go to 
audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Get a free audiobook, help out the show, and, uh, you know, en- enrich yourself. Yes. For God's Kids. sake. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you've heard uh, what we have to say about Parasite Eve at length. And uh, while we want to hear what you have to say, we've got a, a good number of responses here. Yeah. Um, why don't you start us off with uh, Randall Teal? Cool. Yes, yes. Uh, There's somebody from SA. He has a Final Fantasy Tactics avatar, which is appropriate. Mm-hmm. Yes. He says, it seems like most people say Squaresoft peaked in the late SNES era. Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI are awesome, but I think late 90s Squaresoft made much more interesting games. Parasite Eve's story is technobabble word salad, but its creepy atmosphere, moody soundtrack, and the real-world setting make it totally unique. The real-time movement-based RPG gunplay mechanics still felt still felt exciting and fresh to me 15 years later. There are some annoying things about it. I don't like how Aya and item boxes can get occluded by the pre-rendered backgrounds. Uh, item management is just uh, is also a pain. Although I appreciate that most of the dungeons are short, the museum is kind of a slog. Mm. Very much a slog. <laughs> Parasite Eve's confidently executed action RPG combat and unique setting still make it one of my favorite games of all time. Square couldn't replicate their success. The second game was more action focused and a mess plot wise, and the newest one is a travesty, de aging Aya into a teenager and making clothing damage a gameplay system. Mm. So I didn't dream that. So that's good. <laughs> Square Enix might not be able to make something like this today, but the original Parasite Eve is an example of them at the height of their powers, flush with cash and young talent. I think I, for the, I, I, even though we didn't like this game, I think you're not wrong about any of those those yeah. points. I think if, maybe if you replayed it, I wonder if you would have uh, mm. as fond of, fond of memories of it. But when you talk about 32-bit era Square making really interesting things, like the first thing that comes to mind is this, and then uh, Brave Fencer Musashi, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting game that is really kind of underrated, I think. And then Final Fantasy VIII, yeah. which uh, I always think is a really underrated entry in that series. Like, you know, that eventually, I mean, I, I like let's say we did this show for another 10, 10 years, <laughs> we'll end up going through all of the Final Fantasies, yes. I bet. And uh, I would look forward to that because, uh, you know, that game gets a lot of... of is maligned quite a bit yeah and i think it's actually quite good but i think you're i think you're right about that and i think that uh you know most of the things you're saying that are good about the game are good like the the combat and the the atmosphere and everything like that it just uh shitty gameplay yeah (laughs) yeah it just it falls apart Hmm. yeah um so i'll read two because one of them is crazy short (laughs) yeah um jet set lemming on something awful says parasite eve taught me a biology taught me biology and that I shouldn't visit New York. Uh, two <laughs> things I agree with. I know that's how I got biology and I don't like New York very much as a city. Um, you know, a yeah. big bewildering nightmare. <laughs> makes me anxious to even think about it. Yeah. Um, on Facebook, uh, Blaine Nimier, uh, he says, this is another game I remember fondly that doesn't quite hold up to today's standards. It's one part vagrant story, one part Resident Evil, at a storyline written by a high school kid and you get Parasite Eve. However, the gameplay is super great. Being able to move about during battle made fighting seem less monotonous, and the green, and the green looks like playground equipment. The he's talking about the green grid that looks like playground equipment. Yeah, indicate the range of your attack, and that is neat. I re- I kind of butchered that sentence, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was difficult to, to say as written. <laughs> um, the customizable weapons added a ton of enjoyment for me, and I recall spending countless hours climbing the Chrysler Building to make ridiculous gear. <laughs> Unfortunately, I probably spent less time beating the game. As this one is stupid short. Stupid, so, stupid short isn't bad. <laughs> yeah, that is that is true. That is that is not yeah. bad. Um, yeah, but it is it is nice that it's not it's you know it's bite size, bite size RPG. 
Um, I wonder if some of that difficulty and design choice stuff at the end is a shameless length, like, you know, padding kind of thing. Huh. I you can know? see that being the case. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe there's a version of the museum and a version of the sewers that just, like, mm-hmm. short and bite-sized and perfect. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they decided to, you know, really yeah. put... Because it's... Usually when games take a shit at the end, it's, like, because of less labor. Mm-hmm. But the museum is the most, like... There are more assets in the museum than anywhere else in the game. Right. You know, it's a really complicated, and it's all those pre-rendered backgrounds and everything like that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work put into the museum. Yeah. So it's not like they lazed out. It's a, it's clearly intentional, and that's supposed to be like a set-piece dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this might be Square's shortest game, I mean, at least at that point. I mean, aside from like Rad Racer or something. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Or like... Einander. You know. <laughs> Einander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Bad Hander is one of my favorite weapons in Dark Souls. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> so um, continuing, Murph Murphy from Facebook says, so I never played PE before, um, but I remember wanting uh, wanting to back when I was a Super Square fanboy. So the good. Man, the combat system has a lot of potential. Hey, indie devs, get on making a game where your damage is based on how close you are to the enemies and you have to pause to shoot. Now the bad. Hate to say it, but without the lens of nostalgia, the cutscenes look bad, are unskippable, and holy WTF, Batman, what was going on in, in Japan back in the 90s with body horror and nonsense biological terms. Also, that dialogue. It's written like someone who was told about America once, but has done no research themselves. Your cop partner is the worst offender by far, but polite Japanese scientist is also bad too. Also, fuck limited inventory forever. That goes for you too, Earthbound. I don't uh, really get the customization system, but I only got to the end of day four, so I could be missing something there. Random encounters, limited healing items, and load times round out the bad stuff. Overall, I'm glad I played, but I don't really feel compelled to finish. Also, my wife had to ask if the main character was a man or a woman when she saw me play it. Because she's made of Doritos. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, the way that... Uh, I like the idea, so when you talk about, like, you know, you stopped playing it and at day four, but you're still glad you played it, like... Mm-hmm. One of the things this uh, this resurgence and downloadable old titles, you know, like you don't have to beat a game to get what you want out of it or mm-hmm. get, you know, a worthwhile nugget. Like six bucks is probably a good price to pay for the first three or four days of this game. Yeah. You know, and just get that battle system and, and get kind of the neat stuff it does. Mm-hmm. And just play till you get annoyed and then put it down and feel good about it forever. Yeah. 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 Don't feel don't feel ripped off or, or otherwise cheated. Like you don't have to beat a game. Yeah. You know, so. Um, And finally, a friend of the show, Dennis Furia, says via email, I think the most unique thing about Parasite Eve isn't the combat, the customization system, or the story. It's the game's length. When I got to the end, I felt like I'd gotten a complete RPG experience on par with any other RPG I've played, but my game clock read 10 hours rather than 80. That kind of focus is uncommon in a game from this genre and era, and it makes so many of the game's other missteps forgivable. There's a lot to criticize in the second half, the level design becomes completely inscrutable. The story becomes decidedly sperm-centric, and the final bosses are horrible. But hey, it's short. The combat system is different than anything else I've seen, and it's a real breath of fresh air. I love that figuring out how to dodge each new monster's attack is a miniature puzzle. This is even more interesting when you fight multiple monsters at once, and it's actually the one thing I felt the museum got right. The many different combinations of enemies kept me thinking and trying new strategies. My only complaint about combat is that most bosses only have attack patterns that are harder to dodge rather than harder to figure out. That's an excellent point to this. Yeah. Um, finally, the characters in Parasite Eve are awesome. Note this is a very different thing than the story being awesome, and it's almost more important. I like Daniel in particular. 
His relationship with pretty much everyone in the game is complex, interesting, and believable. Uh, his relationship with his ex-wife alone, who we never actually see, has more depth than most other video games provide. Uh, this depth is pretty consistent across characters, and it's a huge reason why Parasite Eve is a great experience throughout, even though it's only a great game for the first half. Yeah. So, I don't know if I'm with you on that character bit at yeah. the end. Um, I think you're right about, uh, very astute about the way that the, you know, figuring out the patterns, the dodge patterns being kind of a miniature puzzle mm-hmm. each time you run into them. Cool. So that is probably some of the most response we've gotten out of the game in a while. So thank you very much. Good on yeah, you guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, dudes. Um, yeah, so my uh, deliberation cells are slowly turning energy into parasites Boom. in my cells. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we are now broadcasting live from uh, Liberty Island. Um, There is a uh, notion full of goo around us, and we are giving birth to the ultimate uh, recipient of I'm hiding under Walter Simon's office, (laughs) uh, Walter Simon's desk, um, or Manderley's desk. Walter Simon didn't get a desk on Liberty Island. Uh, Um, And we are uh, giving this to Randall Teal from SA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very, uh, astute and concise summation of the game. Yep. Randall. And, uh, and that's what we like. That is what we like. Uh, so, uh, the next game we're playing, which you can, you can win is Yoshi's Island, i.e. Super Mario World 2 for the virtual console. Um, and we'd be happy to give that to you. If you do not have a Wii, a virtual console, if you are not interested in playing that, if you already have it, um, uh, we can do something else. Yep. Um, join the Steam group, um, something comparable is a-okay with us, and we'd be happy to do that. Yeah. I'm really excited about doing uh, Yoshi's Island. That's going to be fun. Um, it's 8 bucks on, uh, on uh, or I guess, 800 moon points on, on uh, yeah. the <laughs> Nintendo network there. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, after that, we're doing an episode about video game music and sound. Yes. Um, so probably about twice a year we're going to be doing these uh, special episode kind of things, mm-hmm. um, similar to the arcade episode that we did during the summer. Um, this is about video game music. So we want to hear, and this is probably a good time to put out the call for this, even yes. though we have another episode between them. We want to hear your, uh, favorite, uh, video game music mm-hmm. and why, or examples of video game sound. Um, if I can make a, a selfish request, mm-hmm. if you are able to email these in rather than put them on the Facebook yes. page or the SA thread, it's going to be a lot easier for us to collect them yeah. in the end. Because I, I imagine this episode being, having a lot of audience participation. Um, we all like video game music. And, uh, I mean, I assume it'd be real weird if you, you know, fans of old games have no interest in the music. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you could email those to us, that would be awesome. Yes. And, uh, we'll put them in that, like an extra episode or we'll sprinkle them throughout the episode. Um, the two kind of big topics I think we're going to talk about, and we should probably really get on finalizing this, <laughs> um, now is I want to kind of do kind of a treatise or almost like a audio PowerPoint, um, with examples about, uh, how the kind of limitations of 8-bit and 16-bit music made for stronger melodies mm-hmm. than uh, 32-bit and beyond yeah. music. And uh, Cole has some things to say specifically about sound design yes. in games. So, uh, that I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, after that, we're going to be doing Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, either version is acceptable, the original or War of the Lions. It is a long game. If you're going to play along with us, it might be a good idea to start sooner than later. Yes. Um, as we strategically picked it so we can play it while doing the music episode, which is not, uh, that's going to require some research and stuff on our part, but not actually playing a 20 or 30 hour game. Right. Um, we will find the proper cutoff point, but play until 
the episode comes out and then play more. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we'll, we'll try um, that, 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 yeah, that, that, that division point is more for spoilers than anything else. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. um, yeah. So final fantasy tactics is on a bunch of systems. You can get it on the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation three, uh, either PlayStation, uh, portable and, uh, notably on iOS now. So, yeah. uh, um, crazy. And it plays great on iOS. Yes. Like you may have heard bad things about some square port ports on iOS, even though I think those are exaggerated. Mm -hmm. Um, some people do not like those. Uh, but Final Fantasy Tactics plays just fine. Mm -hmm. And even on, if you have an iPad, I think that's probably ideal. I played it on my, my iPod. So a tiny screen, and everything like that it plays just perfectly. Yeah. So it's, it's fantastic on there. Um, yeah. Then after that, we're doing one that I'm really excited about being a survival horror junkie myself. Um, yep. Resident Evil two. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm super excited about that too. We, we kicked around a lot of like the ideas for what to do for survival horror. Like we're coming up on spring anniversary of the silent hill episode. Uh, we want to do something survival horror, and uh, uh, this is the one that kind of ended up winning out over some other things that we will definitely eventually do. Like have to um, do. <laughs> yeah, like definitely like definitely have to do and probably won't wait a whole year for. Right. Um, but the cool thing about Resident Evil 2, the, the big thing is, one, is it has that very easy bisection. So um, one of us are, are going to play as Leon, and one of us is going to play as Claire. And then uh, the other thing being is that I really want to do it after we've done Silent Hill, because uh, those are the kind of two flagship survival horror series i'm not gonna i'll probably say right now that silent hill 2 is probably better than resident evil 2 mm -hmm. but contrasting the series strengths and weaknesses is going to be really fun yeah because there are things as much as silent hill 2 is more ambitious and a better game there are things that resident evil 2 does much better right than silent hill 2 so that's going to be really fun i call claire a leon b okay that, yeah. that works for me i'll i'll do uh I'm, I've, I think that that's usually how I play through the game. So mm -hmm. it'll be, I'm, I'll revisit it as Leon first. Sweet. It's been a while since I've done that. So, yeah. so uh, we are really yeah. excited about that one. So yeah. Yeah. I, I love that game. That's also available uh, for PSN. We did a lot of PlayStation stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I I'm, I'm pretty into it. Like we've, mm -hmm. I've been getting a lot of uh, use out of my PSP go, yeah. which is a fun little piece of hardware. And we ignored it for a while. Um, so it's, uh, that, yeah, that yeah. one's coming home to roost. So. Yeah, and uh, so after that, keep it. You know, bear in mind that we will do have cool things planned. Um, just because we have we're planned this far in advance doesn't mean that you shouldn't suggest games yep. for us. There's a so module on the uh, on the website, uh, watchoutforfireballs.com, or the appropriate site on uh, on duckfeed.tv, uh, and all of those are taken into consideration. So thank you. Yep. And you can also suggest uh, other things or give us feedback through some other ways. Um, you can. There's a contact form on duckfeed.tv. There is an email address, which is watchoutforfireballs at duckfeed.tv.com. Uh, we've got a Facebook group, Twitter, uh, FormSpring, a Steam group, <laughs> uh, everything. I'm not, I'm bad at, I kind of manage the Twitter and I'm bad at doing it. So I, I don't have tons of updates on there. Um, but so, announcements go out over there and things like that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a yeah. low volume account that it like, don't worry about being spammed or anything. No, you so. won't get spammed. Like if, if you, if you prefer to get your stuff from Twitter, if you want more of like the usness of it, if you want to talk more with us, and everything like that, the Facebook group is the way to do that. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I just gravitate to that as a social <laughs> media platform, but that's, that's where I, that's where I stay. Yeah. Um, so the Facebook group is really active and really fun and the other people on there are great. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of really interesting, smart people. We just did a recently did like a little poll of like kind of games of the year, like informal game of the year and <laughs> cool points out, but like, there's an amazing amount of diversity there. Yeah. Like it's really cool. Like it's uh you know, watch out for fireballs. Fans have a, a wide variety of tastes. Yeah. Which, so. uh, we do a lot of games, so I can, I can see that happening. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. So all of that is how you get a hold of us, and we really, really appreciate hearing from you. Uh, community is getting more and more active by the day, and uh, we like that. It's good. It's good for our egos. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one big thing that's happened here recently is uh, we have an app now. Um, it's out on iOS. Uh, just search for the podcast box on the App Store. Um, I assure you the Android app is coming soon. I don't know what's holding it up as of this recording. Maybe it's out when this uh, when this is happening. Yeah, or by um, the time you hear it. Yes, when this is happening. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, oh. and, yes, which is a way for you to uh, download and stream and get all of our episodes. But most importantly, that is the sole avenue by which we are um, distributing kind of a bonus show, Abject Suffering, where uh, we play games at your suggestion. And we're always looking for new suggestions of, uh, of bad yes. games to play. There's a module on the site as well for that. Um, bad emulatable games that we can play for about a half an hour and then talk yep. about for a half an hour. Um, and a half hour maybe that doesn't sound like very much, but when you like, I swear, like staring down the barrel of a half hour, like we recorded two episodes of Abject Suffering now. And one thing I can say with no sense of exaggeration or like being shilly, like I think that they will both turn out to be well worth with your money. Like your one time two or three dollar investment for this show every two weeks is great. Yes. That's a great use of your money because I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. And two, like staring down the barrel of some of these games, uh, you know, is, is just excruciating like a half hour. Like I'm watching the clock. Um, so, so real, real bad. Um, but we're you know, we like that, uh, you know, we like doing the show. It was really fun to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we just want to, you know, the app is a big way that audible trial, the app is a huge way to help us out. You know, we get a little kickback from that. You know, we are not going to ever, we're not going to end up retiring on this stuff, but it's nice when it doesn't cost us money, you know, because we love doing it and mm -hmm. we want to be able to do it without, you know, no matter what economically comes down the pipeline. Mm -hmm. and such um so that's one of the new shows that we have uh, is that abject suffering um and we can so the first one if, you, if this uh incentivizes you at all to uh to get the app is about revolution x the aerosmith light gun <laughs> game but we're doing the super nintendo part port with no such super scope action and uh it's excruciating but yep. we go down some pretty crazy rab rabbit holes in that, mm -hmm. uh, that conversation so <laughs> oh man it's gonna be great yeah. um it was great it was fun to record um, yeah, that's one new show we're doing though. Mm -hmm. The other and one is kind of a bigger deal. Yes. The other one we are doing a show. Um, I think we announced on here as well, but just to remind you, mm -hmm. um, a, a show focusing on the Souls series of games, uh, specifically dark souls called uh, bonfire side chat. Yes. An undead favorite. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Th think like what we do with this with this show um tours of the of the various areas of the game uh we're we're, we're gonna have a heavy guest component on that as well um and over the course of about uh 13 14 episodes we're going through all the entirety of dark souls then demon souls then dark souls 2 and then maybe kingsfield who knows uh life yeah. is but a dream but uh that'll come out every other week starting here uh the second week of uh of of uh what am i thinking of here january and yeah. uh we'll so right around the corner line. yeah right right on right around the corner we're very excited about Bonfireside Chat, um, and you should be too. If you haven't played uh, uh, that game, we really recommend you do it. You know, it's one that we're evangelical about. Uh, you know, it gets in our blood as uh, as uh, we as we attest. May ruin your life. Who knows? Might destroy a couple marriages. But uh, join us. We're one big happy Dark Souls family. Yeah, and the uh, if, if something happens, if you uh, you're unsure if you want to take the plunge and buy the game, um, if you uh, you know can't afford it or anything like that, in the first episode, we're going to be having a contest. Yeah. Um, to, to give out a copy of the game. Right. So uh, if you want to uh, listen to that first episode, we'll be detailing what that is. It may be something as simple as like rating and reviewing the show on iTunes mm -hmm. 
and choosing somebody randomly from that. But uh, we're going to give out a copy of the game or the show mm-hmm. or the game rather. Um, <laughs> we we will be giving out a copy of the yeah. show. Yeah. But also, um, and then we we also have other shows that are not new but are are no less uh, worth your time. Um, you know, Cole has uh, two other shows that he does. Um, those damn Ross kids, a comedy show he does with his brother. The odometer on that just recently rolled over a hundred, yep. um, which is a really impressive feat. <laughs> and uh, a show called The Level, which is an evolution of his older uh, general topic video game show that is also doing real well. Yes, and uh, is well worth your time. Yeah, and Gary uh, most recently is doing The Pitch, which uh, is still featured on New and Noteworthy in iTunes, I believe, under comedy, yeah. which is huge. That is a that is a Shark Tank over there. Um, it's fantastic. One of his uh, most recent episodes, The Shisnek. Um, yeah, just say shinna 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 shack. Sandman happy nap sleep attack as, system. Concept. As a as a as a fellow insomniac, I love that. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. <laughs> One of the funniest things I've listened to. Uh, it's very short, very bite sized, and uh, really really funny. So check that out. Um, one thing I wanted to announce for the pitch. Um, so like, if if you don't listen to it, please give it a shot. If you have an idea for something like a dumb product or a dumb problem or something like that. Um, you can be tangentially involved in the show. Like, jump on the the Pitch Facebook page, and we are looking for venture capitalists to work with for these these wonderful ideas. So, if you have something, I can't promise we're going to do it the same way that that you intend us to. Uh, but if you want to give us something, um, we will we will use it. And Gary's other venture is a, a, a rerun series of Dead Idea of Valhalla, which is his variety show, comedy and music and skits and all those kind of things. It is a wonderful. Uh, demented tour of, uh, of 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 Gary's psyche, which it's is my, it's fantastic. my Dave Barry like fractured take on Marie's <laughs> and politics. I put these things in my crosshairs, and they're going down. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I'm the Bill Maher of Dave Barry's. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Maher of Dave Barry's. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can find all that at DuckFeed.tv, which is where you can find this show iTunes, all those kind of things. Um, we mentioned a little bit earlier in this uh, um, prodigious <laughs> plug section uh, supporting you, the you show. Say that, but it's never as long as we think it is. Yeah, it's when true. I'm editing it, like where I was like, this is going on forever, and it ends up being like eight minutes long. Yeah, it's true. And in like a two and a half hour episode. Yeah. So no, percentage wise, yes. It's, that just goes <laughs> to show how squeaky we sometimes feel about self-promotion exactly um but one of the biggest ways that like helps support the show the network any of those kind of things um hosting all this stuff costs money uh the website those kind of things you can do that without giving us anything just by buying stuff off of amazon go to duckfeed.tv slash tip jar use the amazon link there we get a kickback from everything that you buy it's the same amazon store doesn't cost you anything extra and it helps us host shit and it's uh fantastic um And, you know, ratings, reviews, um, telling friends is really big. Yes. You know, if you have uh, friends that you think might like the like the show, um, let them know. Because that's how we grow. And we've done a lot of growth, but we want more. Um, mm-hmm. Our, you know, our biomass will give birth <laughs> to the ultimate being at some point. Yes. Um, and, and continue to accumulate it. We've done enough shows about enough games where we've probably done somebody's favorite game. And if you know, like, holy crap, that person loves Sword of Mana. Uh, don't show them that episode. Um, don't do that. <laughs> but yeah. if, 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 if there's somebody like this person loves Sword of Mana, then have them sit down and play uh, NES DuckTales. And then when they love that more than Sword of Mana, then they're ready. show them the NES DuckTales game episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, a game you really like is probably a good entry point for the show. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, the, the, the show, we, we part of the design of it is to make it, you know, it's not topical. We don't talk about news. So it's semi-timeless. Like it, yeah. it doesn't matter if someone's going back to last April. You know, if they like Silent Hill 2, you know, maybe they'll like that episode. Um, so, 
you know, spread the word. We really appreciate that. Cool. So I believe uh, we are exhausted. Our cellular energy uh, needs to be replenished. And yes. uh, um, let's end. We're going to go go home and have ourselves a parasite evening. Yes, we are. But they, the enemy shoot fireballs in this game. So maybe yes. uh, look out for that. And also, yes. And also mitochondria, mitochondria, kilojoules, volts, science, science, video games. Science, science, sperm. <laughs> It's a jazz off, is it? Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> what are the rules? The devil went down to. <laughs> <laughs>